Live. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another Tuesday night. Best internet talk show in the universe. All right. right. Don't talk. How's everybody doing? Everybody good? Everybody good, good, man. I want you all to bear with me tonight. We got this topic and and, uh, don't know where it's going. May not know how to land the plane. Just going to put that disclosure out here, but we're going to talk about some issues that may or may not be on your street. But if we get on your street tonight, it's okay. We're going to get off of it. It's a guarantee. Um, tonight's topic is keeping the church out of my marriage. Pretty deep. The only rule that we have is no profanity and uh, no politics. The church that we go to, that I go to, there was once a couple married couple and um the wife had a child and then they had another child it came out that the husband didn't agree to the second child so the husband to my knowledge left the wife mm. um and also then left the church. Now, this was a family that was, you know, that's deeply grounded in the church. So, um, to my taste, I think that was too much information for me to know. Because it gave details of what happened in their household. Um, and that happens a lot in the church. And I think that um, too much information may not be good information and may be detrimental when it comes time to trying to get over issues that you may be having in your marriage. So the first question that I want to throw out today is, if you have an issue in your marriage, is it wise to consult someone from the church? Hell no. Be going, brother. Well, I'm sorry. I'm the dude that had the church break up my first marriage. So... I say no. Okay. I'm biased based on experience. Understood. Understood. Anybody else? I mean, so 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 where do you go? Well, well, that's. I mean, let's let's let's, let's think about it because um, you're you're right about that. You know, the church can help, and then the church can affect you or, you know, make it even worse. The man in the church, you're supposed to go to the church because we all sit. Sure. It's a place to learn and, and get educated and get become more with God. And then you can make uh, better decisions by, you you know, following the Bible. Sometimes we follow the advice of the interpretation of the Bible by people who may not be on your side. That makes sense. So when you and say that on your side, that may not have your best interest. It may not have your best interest. Within the church. Can I make a comment on this, Tony? Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, having been um, on both sides, 
and having been on the council. Hey, welcome side, back, by the way. Welcome back, by the way, sir. Oh, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> welcome back. I was on Tuesday night till 10 o'clock, man. I don't get out of there till then. So, you know, it was good. We had to sing at the hey, church. Look. I didn't have to go to class tonight. Hey, look, good to hear your voice. You will be helpful on this topic, believe me. But go ahead. Yes, sir. Go ahead, brother. Um, you know, you got to be real careful who you talk to. Um, because everybody that's in the church ain't a saint. You just have to use a lot of wisdom because there's some folks running around that all they want to do is gossip about what what was given to them, and people will come up and share things and and think it's going to stay where they stay, and next thing you know, it's around the church. So you really you just got to be you got to you got to use wisdom. You know what I mean? If you're in a church that you can't trust your pastor, you're in the wrong church. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh and and if you're not if you're not comfortable with being able to share with with the leadership of your church, I really think that, you know, that you're in the wrong place. The other thing um somebody said, you know, taking advice from somebody who's spreading the word that may not be the true word. You know, we're admonished to to study for ourselves. Mm-hmm. If somebody gives you the word that's not not the word, and you haven't studied, you'll fall for anything. Mhm, mhm, mhm. But what? But, you know, I think I think um, I think uh, someone in the leadership position has a responsibility uh, of co- confidentiality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. I get that. But what if the pastor is, you know, um, um, a respectable, good pastor, you know, and and he leads a tight congregation, and you or someone and their wife, say you and your wife, anybody on the call, is having an issue. The issue has gotten to the point where you guys aren't hearing each other. Um, And counseling... um, is an option at the church, obviously, because most most churches have that. Um, and then maybe you can get counseling through your insurance or whatever. But let's just say in this particular time, you know that there's church counseling, and you would like to sign up for the church counseling. Okay, is that always the best thing to do when you also have to go to 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 see these people again? A lot of people won't do that. Okay, okay, okay. A lot of people, because they're scared people are going to be in their stuff and know about their situation. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that if that's how you feel, but you need to seek counsel somewhere, because trust me, when it blows up, everybody's going to know your stuff anyway. So if you if you don't feel comfortable counseling with the pastor or the leadership, uh, because you don't want to go in there and, and and you know share your you know a lot of people walk into church with this this plastic facade on like everything's perfect and that's the way they want to carry it. Not smart, but that's what happens. Uh, and then when stuff falls apart, they don't want people to see that plastic facade as a facade, which you know that's fine. Except in my in my experience, if you if you don't get help, everybody's going to know your stuff anyway. Because it's going to blow up if you don't get help, most likely. Because if you could fix it, you would have already done it. Good words, good words. But that's to me, that's tricky. And the reason why I say that's tricky, tricky is because if I got to take a choice, 
between the secular world and the church, I'm going to choose the church. I mean, that's just me. I'm going to think if I got to make a decision, I might be safer going that route. But what you're saying is you may not be because it may come back and bite you. I, You know, it depends on your church and if your church is grounded and rooted. Um, if you're going to go to, to any type of counseling, um, it's supposed to be, you know, in, in confidence. I mean, you know, I mean, that's the that's the bottom line. One of the challenges is, you know, well, I'm sitting here and I, and I just spilled my guts to this deacon or to this, you know, pastor or, you know, counselor in the church, and now I got to sit next to him for the next 150 weeks. Wow. <laughs> that's a tough deal. I mean, even if you feel comfortable with the church, a lot of people don't want to do that. Um, I really believe that a good Christian counselor is the best way to go if you're a Christian. Sure. Because they're going to give you, you know, they're going to, they're going to. When, when I when I started going through some stuff, I went to counseling, and 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 what the counselor told me this was not a Christian counselor. He said, "Well, what you need to do is you need to go on walks with your wife." Okay. Okay. I mean, we're in the middle of marital strife, and and his, you know, his big advice was go on a walk, you know, every week with your wife. You know, and obviously he was a bad counselor. But I really think that as a Christian, you really should go to a Christian counselor if you're a Christian couple. That doesn't mean it has to be in your church. It just means there's a lot of good Christian counselors out here, like, you know, that even take your insurance and, and things like that. And most of the times in the church, they're not going to charge you. But if you're going to go to a private one, and it, I think it should just be where you're comfortable. Gotcha. But to say, to say, well, I'm not going to go to any counseling because I'm not going to go to you know to the guy sitting two two rows up from me. Yeah. You know, you're hurting yourself because most that doesn't mean all, but most of most of the people that that are doing that really have a desire to help you. Yes, and that's what I gather too. If I may, the other thing something. is, you know, if they're real close to you, that's a different situation. True. I mean, you know. <laughs> If you and your wife start having, you know, some issues, you may not feel comfortable coming to talk to somebody like Rodney or, or me or something that you really know yes. just because, you know, it, it, it comes off as, well, he, of course he's going to be on your side. Now you've got a whole other world of hurt. You guys go golf every other week. How are we going to talk to somebody like that? He's going to see your side of it. So, you know, if this personal relationship, give an example. My daughter and her husband. Um, just went through some really, really difficult times. They, they had split up uh, for months and months. I, I couldn't counsel them. You know what I mean? I mean, you can't do that because you got too much of a connection. Although I could see the problems, I couldn't counsel them. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. But you may still have been, a, a, I mean, a better counselor to them than someone else. I may have been, know. but. Position that I was in, it wouldn't have been a, it wouldn't have been a wise thing to do. Gotcha, understood. You know, with my daughter calling me at three in the morning, coming over. I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, what he do? <laughs> <laughs> right, you're not just gonna let her in and say, all right, you know, I'm going back to bed. <laughs> what he do? What he do? I did he put his, did he put his hands on you? Because I'm locked and loaded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be impartial like. It would clearly make more sense to me that she just go to a different church for for the counseling. 
Yeah, and, okay. and that's, that, right. that can be great if you know just. But you shouldn't not go to counseling just because it's it, you know it's that kind of situation in my opinion. And like you said, a different church, or if you know if you talk to your pastor and say, Pastor, we need help, but I'm not comfortable coming here. They have a whole network they can send you to. Yeah, I mean that's. I guess that would be an idea too to go to a different church just for. You know, and I guess you would satisfy both both of your um, desires to not go secular and to stay in the church and still get counseling. I think the church is a resource that most people don't use in crisis. All right, we, 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 we come to God to get married and we go to the lawyers to fight it out. Yeah, yeah and that, I don't know if it's too early. To drop a monkey wrench, Mr. Host, but um, the true. brother just 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 brought up a good point. Um, why do people get married in a church? Wow, wow, that's well, a better than something. That's a better than good point. I think deep down inside, people really understand that you know it's more than just signing a contract. Yeah, but I mean, you know, look at, and I don't know, you know, where you guys got married. Um, You know, I got married in a church, um, but, I mean, nowadays, I mean, people get married on a beach. Yep. They get, they get married. I just posted you know. a picture of me getting married on the beach. <laughs> I'm not kidding you, I'm serious. Yeah. And, yeah that's funny. That's funny you said, but, but go ahead. Yeah, and, or, you know, I, I've been to a wedding where the um, the wedding was in a hotel. You know, for convenience sake. Um, yeah, I've been to hotel. I got married at a, at a park. At a what? Park. At a park. Yeah, and I've been to some outside weddings just in nature, but you know mm-hmm. that goes back to you know. I mean, is is it a big deal? You know that the church piece is, is optional. You know, I guess is, is is what the question is. Why do people even get married in a church? You know, or is it well, to, to some people, I, I really, I have a, I really wonder. I'm like, you never go to church, <laughs> you don't, you don't, pr- 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 you know, profess God in any way, but you want to get married in the church. Why? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, you know, you just because you're born in a garage, it don't make you a car. But I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's the point yeah. of that? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And the crazy part about that is you don't even need a pastor to do it. Like I got, I got married on a beach, and, and the person yeah, that married brothers, us, the brothers with the beach weddings, got the marriages, man. Yeah, you and Andrew. <laughs> yeah, I got married on the beach, and the person that that performed the ceremony was called an officiator. Mm-hmm. A Bible was present, but she was an officiator. Um, she wasn't a pastor at all. I mean, that was her title, you know. Um. You sure you really married, bro? Well, well <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. I'm just asking. <laughs> I'm not liking nothing. Look, there's your problem right there. There's your problem. <laughs> he had a license. We saw the license. Everything was legitimate. But down in Florida, that's 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 how they roll, man. You know, and um, yeah, they they have companies that actually will supply everything. Exactly. Exactly. You go, you like go to a did. wedding organizing company. They set it all up. You just show up. It's, 
Yeah. Best way to do it, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and and to us, it didn't matter, you know what I mean, where it was, who it did. At the end of the day, we still came back to our church, you know, and um, and that's where we worship. But you, you, you're right in asking the question because some people get married. They have issues. They don't know where to go because they're not affiliated with any church. They know that there was a pastor there, a priest, or whatever the case may be, and there was a Bible present at that point. But once after that ceremony's over, they don't know where to go back to continue. It's you know funny I mean? because the um, the first class that we teach in our in our um, marriage training class is called "What is the Marriage Covenant?" and "What is a Covenant?" You know. Um, and it's real important. It doesn't matter where you get married, I don't think. As long as God's present, you know, it, it doesn't matter. He doesn't live in the church. <laughs> he lives in us. So the building doesn't matter, but understanding what the covenant is, is is really important because then when you have difficulties, if you understand that, then you can know where to go to get help. If, if it's just a paper, piece of paper to you, then it, you know the last thing you want to going to want to do when you have problems is go to the Word of God. Sure. Well, I mean, you may not even know that that's a viable option, right? If it's not in you. It's funny that you say that. Before I was a Christian, uh, my best buddy, I was having some serious issues in my family, and I, you know, I was a real private guy. I wouldn't open up. You know, there was no calls like this to talk to anybody. I was just talking to my buddy. And he was a Christian. I wasn't. And he said, well, I don't know the answer, but I'm going to go to the Bible and pray on it and, and read up, and I'll get back to you. And I thought, what the heck would you do that for? <laughs> why, why would you do that? I need the Bible. I need some advice. Understood. Understood. And you're right. My, my understanding of the Bible then was, you know, Joseph begat such and such who begat so and so who did this who did that and you know and 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 you know that was all I knew about the Bible. Well, why would you do that? You know. So 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 the matter of I'm gonna get back to the counseling piece for a minute. The matter of going to a secular counselor versus a counselor in the church or someone when you have marriage issues. Is there going to be a difference in the information that you get? Obviously, one is going to be Bible-based and one may not be. But the one that's Bible-based, are there certain issues that you may not want to disclose with the one in the church versus the secular one who could care less what kind of issues you're going through? Like, let's say you have an issue of abuse. There's all kind of abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse, mental abuse, whatever kind of abuse, financial abuse, whatever it is. But certain things you may they you the church may frown upon where you may be reluctant to mention where with the circ- secular they're used to that kind of stuff. Would there be a difference in what you say to either one of those people? I think there could be if if you're sitting down with your pastor and, and you've you've had a reputation or tried to build a reputation. And now, you know, your wife says, yeah, and on Tuesday nights, he dresses up in my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> now you get to tell her. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Hey, don't laugh, man. You wouldn't believe some of the stuff. Yeah, but 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 you're right. You're right. 
So if that's your issue, let's just say that that's your issue. You cross dress, and now it's you know. Point. Did somebody tell you? <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's the damn when you go to the church. It gets back to you now, huh? I know. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. I'm just saying, but that's a good example. So let's just say that's it. Cross dressing in the marriage, right? And you know, it was cool. It was funny at first. Yeah, honey, look, I got your stuff on. Yeah. And now, it's it's an addiction. Now it's an issue, right? And you are a member of the church. And you won't bring it up. The wife won't bring it up because she doesn't want to embarrass you. So you may never get proper help. Mm. Yeah, I think the church should be able to deal with that. You may never get proper counsel. I think the church could definitely deal with it, um, probably better than than the secular counselor could deal with it. Uh, But the problem is, just like we said, Who's going to go to you know the you know the elder that's handling that or the whoever and 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 want to disclose those kind of things to people that know them? Exactly. Gotcha. I mean, I don't yeah. think that you would get you know particularly bad advice. And again, it depends on, in my opinion, it depends on um, on on you know the the person that's doing the counseling. Uh, because some people, you know, are so heavenly-minded, they're no earthly good. I call them spiritual space cadets. They're not grounded to the real world. Gotcha. And, and when, you're, when you're going through a crisis, um, you really don't, you want, you, you want biblical principle, but you don't want somebody beating you up with the Bible. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Because there's a lot of people raising holy hands Time a bow tie, time a bow tie, time a bow tie, and, <laughs> and and they don't have a clue what's going on in the real world because they're so whacked out and and goofy and and, and space cadet. Mm. So I think a lot of it has to do with your comfort level of of the counselor, and you know if you perceive that that you wouldn't be able to be totally honest because if you go into counseling, you're not totally honest, you're not going to get help. Exactly. Yeah, so that's actually a bigger problem. So if if you're at a church where you can't trust uh, the counseling, which is you know a good portion of why you would be there, because they're going to give you some supposedly they're giving you some spiritual guidance and, and following the principles of of, of uh, God's word and, and giving you examples in God's word where they would support what you're going through. Being touched with all of our family. So, if that's the case, there's a big issue that you're just in the wrong church. Why are you there? Because the choir is so good, praise and worship is so good, because you like the lighting and the, and the shows that it puts on, or, or the concerts or the, or the conferences, because Jake's comes there, or whatever the case is, then you got you got other issues. Because you shouldn't be choosing a church that you can't trust the pastor or the elders or whoever it is that, that you can go to for. Support. After all, that's, that's kind of the uh, the gist of going there to get some spiritual guidance. But the real deal comes down in in real world. Um, you know, people are not comfortable because they got to see you again. Sure. Okay, and that's that's real world. Okay, there's a whole bunch of folks that want to keep the facade that everything's great. Yes. 
all right? And and they the problem is because they want to do that, most of them would get great benefit by going to their church by you know because the, the church has a lot of experience in these things, um, you know, and they won't because they want to keep that facade, and yeah, and they'll do anything to keep it, and then when things fall apart, they'll leave the church, okay, uh, rather than deal with the questions. Well, honey, where's your husband? I've seen you coming here for the last two months. Your husband ain't been here. They don't want to hear that. But what's okay? saying? And a lot of times when marriages fall apart, especially if they haven't, you know, you know, seek, you know, um, guidance from the church, they leave the church. One or both will leave the church. But we're saying that as if the instituted church, quote unquote, uh, is the only place in the world, since that's not real world scenarios, that's the only place. That something like that happens. I I know tons of people who go to friends, who go to family, those who, again, they should be able to trust, who spread more of those rumors than the people in the church. Mm. Yeah. And not only that, they get so terrible advice. Yeah. So it's a trust factor, right? So you go. I was reading. I got. Um, I was reading an article uh, a couple days ago on on the fact of just what you said. Uh, and and the question was, um, you know, if infidelity comes into your marriage, um, should you always get a divorce? And one of the things was, whatever you do, don't go to your friends and family. That kind of question. Because the first thing they're going to do is, what he did what? Oh, no, you got to leave him. Mm-hmm. Right, oh, honey, you don't need to put up with that. Oh, oh, she did what? Oh, she's a roller. Oh, no, dude, no, that's it. You know, so, and there's there's a lot of deep issues when it comes to marriage. And when you go to people that are close to you, they want to protect you, and their first thing, you know, maybe to say, you need to to just throw in the towel and walk away um, because they want to protect you, and they think it's easier to protect you from that bully that did that to you or whatever it happened to be. You know, it may not be bad advice, but a lot of times it becomes a personal situation. So the only one to, to do the counseling that we should trust is that it should be strangers. Because it doesn't sound like we can get anything on the job and the family and friends yeah. or church. <laughs> That's what it's leading back to. <laughs> it, it doesn't have to be that way. The problem with going to the church is more in the person than in the church. Because most of the time, when when you go to your church, you're going to have somebody that is not going to open their mouth and start talking about you. I'm not talking about going to the person in the back row or, you know, whatever. Oh. I'm talking about going through the proper channels that should be gone through. Because the Bible lays out exactly what should be done. I, okay, if, I if you have, a you know, a charge against your brother, you know, <laughs> you talk to him, you try to resolve it. You know, then, you know, you go to the, the elders of the church and come back so what, with a witness. You right. Know. So what do I do? What do I do if I want to go, uh, I'm going to this church. I don't necessarily, I think the pastor going to tell all my information or I see him do it to other people or what have you, or the elders or whoever it is that's in charge of this, this counseling um, session. So what do I do? I can't trust them. So now, now what? Now, well, if you feel you can't trust them, I really think you're in the wrong church. Bingo. That's why I started with. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, if you feel like you can't go to your pastor and say, Pastor, this is the situation. And I've heard, I've literally, and I, I heard, I, I got a buddy of mine that he's gone to his pastor, and two weeks later he's heard stuff from the pulpit, didn't call him by name, but he knew it was directed at him. Right. Wow. Not, not, not the instituted church. It's that person. I can't trust that, that person. person. So that person. I have the option. I can go to another person. I can I can drop friends on Facebook and get new friends. That's not that's my <laughs> option. That's my problem. Yeah. So you say you gonna drop me, man? Don't drop me, man. I can do <laughs> that. I can do. I can do the same thing with the church, right? I mean, I, I'm not saying to go to different religions, although some do because of that, because they take that as it's the church right. that did the wrong. And, it's and really I, the I think we need to separate the person. That's exactly from right. from the church or from from God, and and one of the things, you know, it's so incredible. And you know, when you're in a position of leadership, you can really hurt people. There are right. people that are hurt more by the church than any other institution, because they put their guard down. They say, okay, at least I know that I can, you know, I can go to the pastor. You know, and I'm gonna, you know, um, you know, I'm having marital problems, and I'm going to the pastor, and y'all sitting there, and six months later, you find out the pastor has been rolling your wife. Mm. Wow, happens. It happens, absolutely. Yeah, I I got a story about it. I might not tell it right this minute. Uh (laughs) 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 It's a song about it. Yeah, 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 and that's and that's and and, and again, and I've told the story before because it happened to a friend of mine. You know, he was he was in a, a marriage, and 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 the marriage was failing. They didn't know what to do. They went to a counselor in the wife's father's church. Not a counselor; he was a minister. But I guess he served. He he wore both hats. Um, and you know. I think he did what was what shouldn't have been done, and most churches don't do this. If you're a male, you counsel the men. You don't counsel the women, and vice versa. A lot of places do that just because of conflict. Um, but in this particular case, he counseled the wife. You know why that's a why that happens? Go ahead. Because when, especially in marital problems. People are the most vulnerable at that point. Yes. Yeah. And and as a matter of fact, my wife and I, I will not counsel a woman. No. She I will understand. not counsel a man. Understood. If, if a, you know, if we sit down with a couple, first of all, you don't call me. Yeah. The guy can call me any time. Yeah. But she can't call me. I, you know, because it creates a problem because what ends up happening is that woman starts to see things in you that she wish she had in her husband. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if my husband was just like you, you know, then everything would be okay. Mm-hmm. All she sees from her husband is, you know, the worst part right now because they're in crisis and conflict, and the person that's in crisis and conflict, the family or the marriage, um, they're not being, you know, their, their, their love tank isn't being filled, so they're starving at that point. And all of a sudden, you know, they got a little cracker, and they think they got, you know, lobster thunderdoor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's probably what happened with with this particular situation because um, the counseling between the the pastor and the woman grew heavier. 
Yeah, because she decided they were going to go for counseling. The husband said, shoot, I ain't going. You want to go for counseling? You go. Yeah, Nothing no, wrong with me. The well, problem's in well, you. Well, the husband said he was going to counseling. Okay. You know, but he couldn't make it every time. You know what I mean? And, and <laughs> you know, and it Alex, just, somebody was making it, it every time. It, it evolved. He was married. I mean, there was two married couples here, and it was a husband and wife, I guess, ministry. And, you know, one thing led to another. The the couple in question got a divorce, found out he had hooked up with the pastor. Wow. He hooked up with the pastor? The wife, my friend's wife, hooked up with the pastor. Oh, wow. Now, now you know, they didn't know. And we Was the church take, totally destroyed, too? The church, I don't really know that part, but I do know that, you know, it wasn't a good situation for, for my friend because he felt as though, you know, he didn't go to church. Right. Right. He he was he he was one of those guys that you know that was running, but he said, "Look, I got to do this because I need to save my marriage. I don't know where else to turn. So let me just suck it up, man up, and go get this counseling." There's, you know, from my opinion, there's no bigger betrayal than when you know the church or especially leadership in the church fails somebody in that kind of way, uh, because people look at that as God. If I can't turn to God, what do, you know where I, I got nowhere to turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, um, one of the reasons that I left the church I was at is because I mean, you know, it was one of these prosperity deals, and and I mean, all they'd rail about was you know all you got to do. I I told dude I was having marital problems. You know what he told me I needed to do? Well, right have you check. have you thought about sowing a thousand dollar seed? Yeah, write <laughs> a <Right of> check. <laughs> Write a check. Wow. Okay. And I was like, what? <laughs> you thought about sowing a, a seed for your marriage. But but let, let me let me pause right there, brethren. Because <laughs> brethren you know, now. Yeah. Because now, now 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 brother, your situation was a bit different. There were other dynamics going on in that leadership in that, that body. However, you know, sowing a seed for your marriage, let's not discount that, you know, as something that's that's crazy or just off the wall or would, should never happen. I don't and think we should You have to there. define sowing a seed. Well, you, <laughs> okay, I mean, I'm just saying you can sow, you need you, to, to sow into your marriage. Yeah, and you can sow that into, you could, you know, sow that into by writing a check. See, you know, I, I guess you and I just disagree. And and again, it's and that and and to me, it's 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 so much deeper than that. I know we don't have time to go there tonight. But what if you have a problem with 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 tithing and giving offering? Period. You know, that's when sowing a seed into your marriage might you know come into play. That's what I'm talking about. That's a that's a quick. Well, I'm gonna tell you what, Rodney. Anytime you want to sow a thousand dollar seed, you got the address, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. I just wanted to pause. You know, I flip it back to the host, but let's not, you know, discount it. You know, as something that's off the wall, that's just crazy because that is, it 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 is, you know, reasonable in some cases, not all. Generally speaking. But but let me let me go ahead. Go ahead, Rodney. Help me out, Rodney. Help me out, Rodney. Go ahead, Rodney. You need help. Actually, actually, I'm just gonna throw I'm gonna throw this out there, and you can you can chew on this. I'm not gonna lead any other way. I'm just gonna throw it out there. 
Be not deceived. God is not mocked. What a man sow, he shall also reap. Mm, that's strong. You know, I'm glad I sowed a seed also because I sowed many seeds with my first wife, and I believe because I sowed so many seeds with my first wife, I got my second second wife, so praise the Lord. Mm, Again, I can pass the uh, the address on. You can forward the check. (laughs) I'm good. I sold my seeds. I got a good wife, so I'm good to go, brother. (laughs) Do you think if you hadn't sold the seeds, you know, you would have met your new wife? You think you think you kind of you kind of you know hedge your bet by that? I think if I, you know, I don't know. It's a contradiction. Yeah, I don't know. I think again, I think I think it's very. I was trying to save one marriage that 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 there was no way to save it. Sure. If you had sown another couple of seeds, it might have happened. Well, I (laughs) sold seeds. Well, well, I I sold. I had bank accounts for some of these uh, religious counselors. But I think it's a contradiction, and the only reason why I say that is when you think about the works that we do to get things that we want, um, I don't think that that's in God's conditions. And the reason why I say that is because there's always, the, the plan is already in place before we got here. If that was the woman for you, she was, go, she was the woman for you even before your first wife. Mm. And that's what I believe. So, 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 so what I believe do, that too. So what we do for ourselves, or what we do to 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 sow a seed, however we take it, is how we take it. But God right. had already had it worked out for you, brother. Right, and that's why, uh, you know, I, I, y'all bring up a lot of good points, but I don't think anybody has wrote a book on how to pick a, a marriage counselor. No, no, nope. on what to look for because right. you can find a bad counselor in the church, and you can find them uh, secular. And I've had the privilege of finding a succession. Of bad counselors in the church, and I mean they really, they really, literally cleaned out my bank accounts. But you know, for you all that on the call and really know me, y'all know that I married my first wife because I wanted the extra pay from the military. Okay. Oh wow! There you go. Okay. There you go. So when I really look back on all of it, it was doomed from the start because I was doing what I wanted. So and, and, and so. Going back to the sowing and reaping, because God's not impressed with the money that you give, right? So, because I think when we get into that, when the church gets into that, and I don't mean to take the conversation the other way, but uh, when we get into that and say, you know, hey, not, you know, don't, don't you sow that seed. The church tells you come down. I want you down in the thousand dollar line. I want you in the five thousand dollar line. Or come down, and if you got ten dollars, I believe God told me it's four people in here with ten thousand dollars. So, uh, you know, you start thinking the more you give, the more you can give back. Sort of yeah, because you God. look at God as a vending machine. Exactly, and that's not, that's not the way that was intended at all. No, um, and, and when, when people take the word and bastardize it like that, you really have to question yourself. And that's, again, if you don't study for yourself, you can be, you, you'll be taken. Yeah. Right. Okay? Yeah. Um, I really believe that... Um, whatever counseling that you seek, you you got to be wise about it. What my wife and I have done before we got married, we put we put hedges of protection around our marriage. Okay, um, one of the things that we agreed upon, if we had an issue that we could not solve, um, that we had actually two couples 
that we agreed on beforehand, that we had talked to them beforehand, that we saw the marriages and we saw the stability and we believed they understood the word of God, that we could go to in the future if we had a problem. And, and, and with my wife and I, we had a contract to say between the two of us, if either of us feel that we need to go to this situation, what, either one of us could push the button and we'd be with the couples that we had, to, had selected. Mm, good words. And, and literally my wife and I now are that for several couples before they get into the problem. And I think if you, you, know, if you, if you set these, these lines of protection up around your marriage, then you're going to be a lot stronger because when you get into a crisis, by nature, you're under pressure. And it's one of the worst times to make decisions is when you're emotionally messed up. Mm. And when you make decisions when you're emotionally messed up, chances are it's not a good decision. Because you're angry, you're hurt, you're upset, you're betrayed, and now you have to try to make a choice and a decision well, most people aren't in a situation at that point that they're even thinking rationally. All they're thinking is, they hurt me, and I want to hurt them back. How do you get from that to being able to analyze and really look at a situation when you're under that kind of stress? Very difficult. If you do it beforehand and say, honey, we're going to protect our marriage. Because we're taking divorce off the table. We're going to separate the issues from the marriage. And if we have issues that we can't solve, let us look for couples, you know, or counselors that we can agree beforehand that if there's a problem, either one of us can go to, you know, can push the button and we will both be there because we've chose that with rational minds, not you know, in you know, in a panic when all of a sudden she saw your Facebook instant message or, or, or got on your phone and found out that, you know, Sally was, you know, this or that or whatever the situation. Yeah, but that's, that's what you just said is next level. Creating a hedge around your marriage before you get married is, is next level. That's what this call is about, isn't it? Well, yeah, you're right. You're right. But a lot of people aren't privy to that information. A lot of people don't know that you know, getting a a a um, what you call mentor, mentor, marriage mentor, marriage mentor, or a um, accountability couple is what you call right. it, right? That's what we call it. You see, look, I didn't know that prior to getting. Married. I don't know if any of you did, but I didn't know. I learned that on this call. To be honest with you, but again, you know, maybe I could tell somebody else about it because it's you know I me. Mean? But that's next level. So if you don't know that, and then you are a member of a church, and you're trying to do right, and you're like, okay, well, this is supposed to be my outlet. This is supposed to be the place where if I'm having an issue, I mean, I mean, think about it. You lose your job. You don't have nothing to eat. Where are you going to go? To your church. Right. I think I think the first call you need to make is is to the church. Now, it may not be the senior pastor, depending on how big your church is. Yeah. So you got you got five, six hundred members chances are they're going to have a staff that does counseling. I mean, one person couldn't handle all that. Gotcha. Okay? But if you call the church, they can point you in the direction. And, 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 and Mr. Host, you talk about next level. And, you know, literally not just what we're talking about tonight, but this show is next level. Mm-hmm. Because in, the, in essence, you know, is 
is similar to the hedge with the accountability couple. Because we talk about stuff on here that a lot of us have never gone through and may never go through. However, we talk about it as a as just in case. Just in case. Just in case you end up in marital counseling and, you know, for whatever reason, you have work commitments. And guess what? The pastor ends up with your wife. Hmm. Now, if you ain't never talked about it, you 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 may end up in a jail cell for the rest of your life. Yeah. You got that right. Yeah. Right. Can I can I, can I comment on the on the past? Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. Yes, please, please. I, I want I want to comment on this. I heard I heard several people comment about that, and I just I just want to kind of throw out there. Um, and I'll say this: I'm clergy. I do counseling, but you know. For the for the pastor for the couple, uh, I think my I think one of the gentlemen mentioned okay you know uh, male doesn't counsel the female female doesn't counsel the male you know that's fine uh, but I would also just say that you know for that pastor senior pastor whatever he needs to do with his staff you know it needs to be on some level where you know open door policy somebody's in the building you know some of that some of that you know. And, I, and I'm not defending clergy. I'm just saying, you know, both people got to be accountable, okay? You know, Sally can't go to the 7 o'clock meeting, and they're the only two cars in the parking lot. Mm. You know what mm. I'm saying? I mean, everybody's got to be accountable here. You know what I'm saying? So so I do I do counsel females. However, I have an open-door policy, and my admin knows how I feel about that. And so typically she's on, on, the, on site, on the ground, or however, but – there's no, you know what I'm saying, and 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 I've got good people around me that just know you're not gonna corner the pastor in some back room over behind the booth in the dark. You know what I'm saying? You just you're just not gonna do that. Yeah. And so I say that to say everybody's got to be accountable to that. I don't I don't want I don't want to walk away and just say, well, don't go to the church because the pastor's gonna try to speak through <laughs> because. <that's, laughs> no, but, yeah, yeah, we just didn't want to say that. You know, and, and I know I, I just want to make sure we don't leave with that because everybody's got to be accountable, and I'm not suggesting. That people aren't vulnerable. However, we know if we're the only two cars in the parking lot, there's a problem. There's a problem. Mm-hmm. You see, but you you will see that, but 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 she would not. Right, and, and because and of the problem. situation she's in, you know, she's coming to you to get help, and, and you and say, "Well, meet me here at seven. She's going to be there at seven. But Andrew, here's here's what I would say. What I would say is, is that. As as the as the as clergy as the professional in the situation, before that counseling even begins, there needs to be some boundaries, some things yeah, laid out. I agree with you, you know, for, for for that. I mean, if for that setting, that that's all. I don't, and I don't want to spend a lot of time there because I know called designed to help you know and talk about a lot of different issues. But I'm just saying there needs to definitely be some boundaries set up. And even when you go in with any counselor, I, I think my man said. You know, nobody wrote a book about how to choose a counselor, and I definitely agree with that. But I think uh, if you're going to see anybody who claims to, quote, unquote, be a professional, trained, or however, they should at least be able to lay out for you some goals and some objectives and what your expectations can be, you know, as far as what you're going to get out of that time that you spend with that individual. I mean, if they can't lay that out, then I, I, I would be concerned and I would be questionable. I mean, if, I, if there's any recommendations as a professional, they need to be able to lay out you know, here's 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 what I can offer. Here's what your expectations can be. You know what I mean? Here's what I'm going to be able to do for you through this process. And then also be in a place to be able to say, you know, if, if we do touch on some things that are beyond me, then I'm certainly going to refer you out. Right. Good words. So I, I just, just want to throw that out. 
And thank you. And thank you cuz we did it right. We don't want to we don't want to leave this segment with that tape <laughs> at all because because again that is definitely an option for people to at least you can have the opportunity to talk to your pastor about your marriage. I think that you know that's a good thing if you can get an appointment to get it. Absolutely. It just depends on how debonair your pastor is. Well, that's <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you know. past the rolling twenties, you know, and oh, and all the sisters on the front bench, like some Beyonces, you might not want to send your wife that dude's way. I'm just saying. Yeah. Brothers, 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 please, please. I, I want to be clear. I mean, I want to be clear that I, I do. I mean, if you see some signs like that, you know, I'm, I'm not defending everybody. I don't want to make it a general statement, but. You know, hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully he's not, you know, GQ smooth trying to, you know. But, oh, yeah, uh-huh. now I see some boss hogs in the pool. <laughs> uh-huh. Right. White suit, the white hat, the white shoes. Yes, sir, now. Custom now, I, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, 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 don't want in, to, in no way, in no way, in no way do I want to uh, suggest that everybody's on the up and up. I'm just simply saying that as a precautionary measure, you know, even if he's GQ, Sunday, whatever you want to call it, as a precautionary measure, if 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 we do go in, one, we need to go together. You know, uh, you know, husbands do need to step up and, and make some time if they really try to save their thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm just getting y'all a time pass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's the thing that's the way in the secular world. You know, and we, if you put yourself in a situation, if you don't draw boundaries because the you know, the person that's coming to you is really vulnerable. And no, you've I, got to set boundaries that you will not cross. Right. Yeah. And as and, and as a professional, and that's why I said, I, I mean, the, the boundary piece is, is really what's key because as a professional, you need to understand, one, hurt people hurt people. And so if you, you are a professional, you've got some issues, and you don't set some boundaries up, you're bound to abuse the authority that you carry. Yep. You well, know, you, so, you, have so, keep, you have to keep in mind that uh, you can't put 100% trust in anyone to begin with. But no man's an island to himself. So when you go into that relate, whether that's whether that's a counseling relationship or whether that's a marriage, for to be to be completely honest, um, you can't put 100% trust into that person. However, in order to make anything work, you have to give yourself over to it, right? You have to let your guard down and, yeah, and be willing yeah. to. So when you do that, when the person that you choose, you only can be slightly upset if they go telling your business. Right. That's just the truth. But, you know, I think yeah. more more than people spreading your business is your feeling of how will I be around this person after the fact, after I've spoken to them, after I've opened my heart. How comfortable will I be to sit, you know, you know, next 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 row over, or you know, if it's the pastor with in the pulpit. How comfortable will I see when he finds finds out that I'm cross dressing? Yeah. And again, and again, I think that that's the initial meeting, you know, of expectations. You know, what what is what's on the table, what's off the table. You know, what can I share? You know, and, and I mean, you know, there is, and we we don't, there is some mandatory reporting issues for for clergy in various states. So I will say that as a disclaimer. So if he's doing more than cross dressing, and he's you know, putting somebody in danger, then there's a mandatory reporting statute depending on what state you're in. I will say that. But I think... So what you're saying is you don't have to report the cross-dressing? 
Now you're not mandatory to report to drug trafficking, and nor 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 should that be preached from the pulpit on Sunday morning. Exactly. Um, but what I what I will say is again from that initial from that initial encounter where the two individuals sit down and meet, you know, you you as the individual need to be put at ease to know, hey, what we share in here is going to stay in here. Yeah. And 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 hopefully, you know, the reputation of the clergy, whoever it is, male, female, is of such that you know you feel confident. And and again, if they don't put you at ease, I'm I'm just and I and I am clergy, but I'm saying this to, to those on the call and persons listening. If they don't put you at ease and you can't and you don't get a comfortable feeling, that may not be the person you want to share with. But but yeah. not, but let me also just throw this back in there and, and interject this back into the conversation. Even if you do feel at ease, there should be a percentage of you that says it is possible that on Sunday morning this is going to come out. Or it is possible. Because just to say I have 100% because you're that suave, you're that looking trustworthy or sounding trustworthy. Sure. To, to put 100% in there. and I mean, I'm looking to be deflated. Now, I'm going to tell you well, what. I, if I had a situation and and I feel so comfortable with my pastor that I could talk about the situation, I would literally, and I'm just talking about personally, I would yeah. literally be stunned if 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 he threw that, you know, at you know at the pulpit. I would I would be floored. But that's just you know my relationship with my pastor. But I would be floored. And I I would say this. I mean, you know, who, who, whoever male or female, whoever that clergy is. They they don't plan to be pastoring long if they're doing that. Yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna put it out there. You know, yeah. I hope that you know they they kind of already know. But what I'll say is is that trust trust any counseling situation trust is built over time. Sure. And so you know that first session you may not now again Andrew may come out first session and say look you know I'm a cross dresser I've got some underwear in my bag that you know I brought with me as evidence or whatever he may already be trustworthy at that point. But trust is built over time. So that first session, you may not feel everything, but I've been in situations to where, you know, we came in, we were straight-faced, kind of everybody sitting up straight, and then by the fifth, sixth, seventh meeting or however, you know, all cards are on the table because trust was built over time. And I think even with the marital relationship and the counseling relationship, it's going to be built over time. And let's be honest, even when you go into your marriage, you didn't necessarily put all your cards on the table once you, you know, once you walk down the aisle. Yeah, Pastor, I got a question for you. Yes, sir. Uh, what's your percentage uh, of success, would you say, just a guesstimation? Of success as it relates to counseling or? Counseling marriages, uh, couples, married couples, keeping them together. You know, I don't necessarily know if I could, if I could, if I could, you know, I could, I don't know if I could say I have a 90, 90% success rate. I don't know. I mean, I think, I think for me, it's, it's really about success is based on the small adjustments that the couple make yeah. over time. You can't go home with them. You know, because, because I mean, even, and, I, and I'll say this, I'll say this, the, the measure, the, the measure of my ministry is really not based on the shout or the excitement of Sunday morning. The measure of my ministry is what you do on Monday. Mm. Man, that's strong. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked that because um, in the beginning, when when we would you know meet with couples and and things didn't work, I almost took it personally. It was like, wow, I must have let them down. Um, but the bottom line is, 
if you share, you know, truth from the Word of God, somebody has a choice to accept it or reject it. Right. Okay. Right. And and if I have found a lot of times people come to counseling because they want to have the rubber stamp to say I tried it, it didn't work, but they had already made up their mind. I'm done. There there are some cases like that. There are some cases like that. But again, I mean, you know, I would say it's it's really you know success is really based on small adjustments, behavior modifications that take place over an extended period of time. Because, you know, the reality is you come one time, communication is your issue. You're not going to leave that session and then all of a sudden start talking nice to your wife or talking at all. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, so I would take that a step further and I'll probably split split out the success. The success there's a different success between uh, the couple's relationship and the success of the ministry or the counseling that takes place. So what I mean by that is, yeah, over time, little things, uh, whether or not the success of the relationship is going to be ba- based on how they received information that was given to them, and, and meaning how they received it, meaning how did they, how did they reply, uh, apply it to their relationship. Now, the success on the, on the counseling, on the ministry aspect of it, I think is completely different because uh, you could take, for instance, someone like Noah, and you could say, is he, was he successful or wasn't he? Only his family got on the boat. Everybody else was wiped out. So <laughs> as, a, as a pastor, you would say he failed. But I, I, would, I would reject that notion only for the simple fact that he did what God told him to do. Therefore, he was successful. He, he preached the now, same message. Now, everyone else was a failure, but he was a success. Well, he preached the same message. It's going to rain. Nobody listened. I mean, so, he, had, he had one sermon, so, so no, nobody exactly. listened. But, and, but, and, 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 now let me, if, let me giving truth, if you're giving right. truth in your counseling, you're giving truth in your in your ministry on Sunday morning or whatever the case is, whether people take it or not, whether people shout, whether people dance or, or, or you know, sweat out their clothes or climb underneath the pews, whatever the case is, has nothing to do with whether or not the message was successful. Right. Absolutely. Now let me because tell you, you know the shit. bottom line is we're not called by God to be successful. All right, to to steal Barry Black's thunder, we're called to be faithful. Okay. Um, the success. What'd you say? I was gonna say let me let me throw something out that that may may change the game here for a lot of us. And and I'll use I'll use I'll use a personal example. So my my parents have been married thirty plus years. Okay. Um. And and that's not to say this been a perfect marriage, but they've been married thirty plus years. Here here's the counseling session they had when they got married. Okay. This is this is the it was one session. And here's what was said by the minister when they came in. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Sir, do you love her? Yes, I do. <laughs> Ma'am, do you love him? Yes, I do. When do y'all want to set a date? Wow. <laughs> wow. This is, re- wow. This, is real- this is real talk, fellas. This is real talk. 30-plus years. And, and, I, and I'm saying that to say, again, different time, different cultural context. Things have changed, man. And they've been, and again, still together, saying, you know what I mean? But the session, that was the session that was the extent of the counseling. Yeah, and, and just tying it back to what you was, what y'all were saying about Noah, you know, Noah was preaching that it was going to rain. Uh-huh. And you tie this thing on back to marriage. In your marriage, it's going to rain. Everybody not coming into the ark. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And... You know, I mean, that's a reality, and when we're 
standing at the altar, you know, we some of us may or may not realize that, but the bottom line is that somebody should be telling you that, yeah, it's going to be, it's it's going to rain in your marriage. It's not going to be sunny days and, and rainbows and unicorns every day. Sorry. That's just not how it is. Um, but, just you know, following that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and just, um, you know, following up what y'all said way back early was that, Y'all talk about y'all talked about being exposed to the, the to the counselor and then having to ha- having to to sit beside him or a couple rows down from him in the pew on Sunday morning. That same exposure happens in the prayer line. So yeah, I mean, you, whether you tell, I mean, if somebody say, you know, I need prayer because I'm drinking a little too much. You know, next week that prayer warrior and that 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 uh, person that's dealing with that, they're gonna meet up at the church and have that same you know feeling. So I mean. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's the same. It's one. It's a, it's a similar situation. So I mean, I that 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 vulnerability can 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 be yeah. people can expose themselves in a the prayer line, not necessarily going through the the marital counselors or the pastor talking about their marital problem. Go ahead, Mister Host. I want to make a left turn. Go ahead, make that left. Okay. I want to make a left turn. I want to talk about the eighty twenty rules. Mm-mm. And when I'm talking about the eighty twenty rules tonight, I'm going to talk about twenty percent. Of the people at church do eighty percent of the work. Mm. And I'm going to ask a question: How do deacons and elders get chosen? Can you just walk in and say, "I want to be a deacon or elder." How does that? Happen? It depends on the church. Okay. Depends on the church, right? Okay. Theoretically, typically, our church. How does it? How does that? Well, I know I, I'm an elder. You know, I, gotcha. uh, full disclosure. Um, but I was voted in. By voted in. Voted in. I was voted in. Um, I think my name, now I'm not clear, 100% clear on the process, but I think my name was on the ballot per the pastoral staff to be voted on, to be presented to the body. But you had to, but you had to be, uh, you had to be on staff as a deacon for two plus two to three years before you could be voted in. Now, the deacon, yeah. the deacons are appointed in our church. The yeah. deacons are appointed uh, by the pastoral staff. There's no vote. There's no pastors, vote. Pastors come up with a list each year, and, they, and the pastors decide who's going to be a deacon in our church. Now, where do they get these names from? If you've got 350 people in your congregation, where do they get the two or three of the four they get voted in because you got to be voted in. Where does yeah, that and come I, from? And, I, and I'll answer that. Um, you know, one thing is is consistency um, as far as church attendance. Um, that's that's one of the I would think the I, I don't know if it's a written rule, but maybe an unwritten rule. Also, your tithes and offerings. Um, you know, that's a, a requirement. Um, and it just kind of, you know, just, just your walk, your demeanor, and that sort of thing. But I think those two things, you know, right out the gate, you know, do you show up on a regular basis? Can we count on you, you know, if we give you the title of a deacon or elder, that you'll be here to, you know, fulfill the duties that are required? You know, that's but, number and, one. And do you help out in the church? Yeah, yeah and do, and you know, do you have do you some responsibilities, out? you know? Responsibilities um, in the church. Are you just a, a, just a, a pew dweller? Or do right. you involve yourself in in the ministry? In exactly. Do, do right. you devote your time to the church? Right. Do you show up for the activities and the preparations and the Saturdays and the Wednesdays and the Thursdays and all those times where you're needed? Right. Are you a part of that twenty percent? Right. Exactly. Okay. That's the real question. 
That's so, the real problem. So I mean, I mean, because the guy that's sitting in the pew that he may he 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 could come every Sunday, but if he's yep. not doing the overtime, he won't get picked. Probably not. Yeah. Because if so, he don't but, show up to 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 take on some of the duties and the responsibilities, he'll get overlooked. Yeah. Now the yeah. funny thing is, Tony, in the church that I was in. Titles were such a big deal. People walked around and said, call me Deacon <clears throat> Deacon so-and-so or Elder so-and-so, and it was a status deal. And when when I joined our church and, and we started, um, you know, doing the things that God had called us to do, the pastor told me, I'm, I'm going to make you a deacon. I was like, I don't want a title. I don't want a title because I've seen... You know, it depends on, on the church. I've seen people walking around, you know, like that makes them something. Now, in our church, mm-hmm. the pastor said, no, 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 it's just it's just an acknowledgement that, you know, that we, you know, we're behind you in what you're doing. So it's not some kind of status trip, people walking around, call me elder parent or... or <laughs> yeah, you don't have to sit, where well, all the deacons don't have to sit together on the side of the pew, you know, left yeah. hand side. I got that. Away from the wife. But Tony, Tony, to your, but to your question on you know being voted in and hearing the different things, the requirements um, that you need to be in there. So now, if you're in there kind of all the time, being supportive of different ministries and things of the, of the church, your name then goes further to the top. So maybe not necessarily in, in anyone's particular church. It's on the phone. But it sounds that way in general. That your name then goes to the top of the list. Now here's 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 the challenge. I think for a church is what if that person is single and this other man is married, so he's only doing what he can do in the church, but he's taking care of his home first. Wow. So is he discounted because? This other guy has more time to clean the church, to mm. dust, to mop, mm. to shine the marble, and do this other stuff. Because is the family being looked at at all? Yeah, and, and, and I that's a great point. And well, hold, I, and on, I hold, on, hold on, Rodney. Hold on, Rodney. Don't, don't. That's the one thing that I don't like about this call is because people read my mind when I don't want them to. But he knew where I was going. I knew, I knew yeah. where I was going. I want to do when you're finished. He knew exactly where I was going with that. Because it's it's the works that get you chosen. The time is yes, but it's the works and your time that you show up and that you put into that facility that gets you chosen. Am I not correct? Because I know I see the same people that are in these positions. When I go to church, they're there every time. Yeah. And my thing is... They just change hats. You know? They just change hats. How does that, in that position, affect the married man? Like, when you got, like, when somebody got that position, how did your wife really take it? Oh, now he's going to be more away from home? Because now uh-huh. he has more responsibilities? That's, why, that's where I'm trying to go. But, Rodney, you go ahead and take it from there. Yeah, I, I just wanted to add to that, you know, because in my case, you know, I am, like I said, an elder, but... They kind of do. I, I I know they respect my family um, because I, I have a four-month-old, so they don't really bother me too much. Or if they do and I say no, they're like, oh, yeah, we, we understand you have a four-month-old. 
So it is some uh, discretion, you, you know, used, um, you know, in, in, in our church because they do respect the family. They do respect that that man has a wife and young children. You know, whereas on the flip side, you know, my brother Tony, he don't have young children. Mm-hmm. You know, I got three children under 10. So it's sometimes where I'm like, no, you know, I got ballet or I got stuff to do where I can't, I can't commit, you know, and family comes first, as, as, as brother just said, you know, so they do respect that. And they're not like, well, you know, no, you need to let your wife, you know, handle the baby and, and the kids and you come on into the church and we need to do this, you know, yard work or whatever it is. I'm just like, no, you know, I need to, I need to be home or, you know, I need to let my wife sleep in or, or something like that. And, and they respect that. You know, they One thing for full disclosure, when uh, when Rodney was was elevated to el- to elder, we did have to shine his shoes for two months. Uh, yeah. Don't tell him that. Don't tell him that. Don't believe that. Don't did you all have to shine his fingernails? Yeah, but 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 there's still that unspoken pressure. I know there is. I know there's that unspoken pressure where it's like eh, it's a decision. Yeah, you got to come to a point where there's a decision where you're like. Movie night or opposite? Yeah, but Movie I mean, night I, or my ministry. I speak for I speak for me is that you know our church doesn't church us to death, you know, so it's it's not really a lot of times where I'm like I really am gonna miss that ballet recital because I gotta be at the church doing this or doing that. It doesn't work like that. It's rare where I have a conflict, you know. Um, but and, and even you know sometimes the, you know I go to the church and then other times I don't, and it's not a big deal. And I had a meeting a couple of weeks ago, you know, where the elders were there, and P-Town was there with me as well. And the pastor said that there are elders that are, uh, that are, you know, in leadership that they chose mm-hmm. not to be here this morning. Didn't he say That's that, right. P-Town? He That's said they he chose said. not to be here. Now, my brother P-Town doesn't even work in the state. Mm-mm. So he could have said, you know what, I'm, I'm not even in town five days a week. I'm going to just hang back. And you know, help my wife. You know, since she's been alone five days, and only got only got two days on the weekend to spend with with her and my family. I'm not gonna come to the leadership meeting. But he was there, whereas other guys, unfortunately, were not there and had no legitimate excuse. They weren't working. They whoa, just chose whoa, not to be there. Whoa, whoa! You just said something profound, brother. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh-huh. You just did. Uh-huh. You said uh-huh. no legitimate excuse. Yeah. My so, wife so, kicked so, me out so, of the house. But hold on a second. Hold on a second. No legitimate excuse. What if the legitimate excuse was, I'm going to stay in bed with my wife this morning? That's not legitimate. That's it. Is that not legitimate? To to me, that's legitimate. I I, I mean, I I don't think so because in this case, and and let me explain myself, the meetings are not frequent. Sure. You know, this type of meeting is probably like biannually, and maybe like two or three times a year. You know, this type of meeting. So it's not like that, you know, the first Saturday, you better be here. It's not like that. So, and, and you know, the, the the notification was, you know, we need you to be here, this division of the church. And, you know, that's part of when you sign up to be an elder or a deacon or, or a director, that's what you signed up for. Yes, and you it know, should be the same easy for you. It should be easy for for you because you were chosen because you had already proven that you have no problem with being at the church. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
Well, yeah, the same but thing is working. down the law, basically saying those those people in leadership that aren't here are going to be reconsidered. Thank you. That's right. And Andrew was at the meeting too. Thank you. And that's exactly right. Exactly what he said. And and it's true. You know, there are some churches that church you to death. Yep. You know, I mean, they want you there five and six days a week. Yep. And I told my pastor, I said, like, I don't like church that much. <laughs> Me neither. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because you talk about the one meeting, right? Yeah. But along with yeah. that one meeting, you got two, maybe one to two nights, and then you got Sunday and sometimes Sunday nights. So it's still an accumulative amount of time that you're spending there that you're not yeah. spending with your wife. Yeah, what well, I, I wouldn't say that because I, I, you know, my family is usually with me when I'm at church. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, so Sunday, it's like a family day. event. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Listen, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. I do hear you, and you know, and I understand if that's your final answer, that's fine. But, but you know, you know, Tony, know, there's a listen. lot of folks that have let church destroy their marriage. We there's all a know. lot of folks that have let church destroy their marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And we all know that there's more to this marriage piece. Than just saying, come on, let's all go to this church party. Because your mm-hmm. wife needs that private time too. And if That's we say, right. come on, let's just keep going to church, keep going to church, and you throw that in the same category as family time, then you might be along. I mean, I'm thinking the person might be in that category of having some marriage issues, and you might be that person that somebody's coming to talk to when they need some counseling. Well, that goes back to balancing, though. That goes out to balancing your schedule and, and you know, I mean, and, and time. Right. Well, I mean, for our church, for our church, I mean, the balance is he doesn't do, you know, there, there's old school churches, and I've been to them back in the day, where Sunday is church service, Sunday night you go back for some church prayer. You know, you might get Monday off, but Tuesday is Bible study, Wednesday is something. It's something going through all out the week. I mean, if you choose that church, that's what you choose. Um there's a lot of people that like that obligation. But then you have churches like ours that says, listen, you got to spend family time with your family. I'm in and out from 10, 30, 12, because I'm trying to get home and watch the game myself. And even our, our pastor said the other week, he's a sinner. He says, we were all sinners. So, you know, we come here to get for I healing. Don't that. I don't know if, that's, if that falls under the category of sinning. If you just but, 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 it, but what are you trying to do? I mean, you got to look at what you're trying to do because, you know, you want to balance your your, your 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 spiritual life with the world life. And if you get too caught up in the world life, then that also can affect your marriage, along with if you get too caught up with your spiritual life. And you hit the you hit the nail on the head. You got to have a balance. You got to have a balance. You got to have a balance. If you don't have a balance in your life, everything's going to suffer. Yeah, but you know the bottom line. You know when when it comes down to, you know where can we trust? You know our intimate, in, you know information. If you can't trust your inter- intimate information with your pastor, I think you're in the wrong church. Gotcha. And so when we talk you know, about it's, it's almost like I grew up Catholic, and and we used to have this thing called confession. Yeah. Okay. Well, you 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 felt or understood that this was a you know a, a contract you know, that that was not going to be broken. So so you felt, you know, you could go in there, you know, forgive me, Father, if I have sinned, you know, I've been cross-dressing every Tuesday. Hmm. 
you you felt that that that, that it was going to stay there, that it was not going to be something that you know the pastor because he recognized your voice or who you were or whatever, that it was going to come on out. And it's it's almost like um, you know like an attorney, uh, you know uh, you you have a, a you know a client attorney privilege that anything you say to them, it's not going to go anywhere. They, you know, they can't even be forced to say it. And as a matter of fact, by law, it's that way with your with your pastor. They cannot yeah, I mean, be forced to disclose information that you've talked to them in private. Yeah, 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 yeah. We get that part. Um, I think you had something to say, Rodney? Um, I was going to say, so a key for, for balance is that you have to check yourself yeah. on whether or not you're doing what God's calling you to do. Because yep. God would never have you stressed out, sprung out on all these different angles. So at some point you have to say, what am I doing? What part of this that I'm doing is not what God's calling me to do? Understand the difference. I'm not saying what is not godly, but what is it that God's not calling me to do? So you got five Bible studies through the course of the week. Do you need to be at all five? Just because it's Bible study don't mean you need to be there. Just because it's choir doesn't mean you need to be there. Just because it's a leadership meeting or it's, it's youth explosions or it's concerts or it's, it's you know, all these. Absolutely. Um, doesn't mean you need to be there. Just because Morton's there one week and Bishop Jones is there next week and Jake's there the following week and Rodney's there next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know ain't nobody coming in. <laughs> don't, don't mean that you need to be there. So, when you say, you know, I need a, I need a balance in my life, it's not necessarily kind of uh, God's pulling you in so many different directions. It's a lot of that's going to be, some of that is you because you're out trying to please man. So that's my first point. Second point uh, is cautioning us to not label or put things on the church. The institute of church is not at fault. No. It's somebody within that church. That, that's the point I'm making. Uh, yeah. We don't want to say, you know, the church is causing relationships to go under. No, it's not the church. The church is ordained by God. God didn't ordain anything to destroy marriage. No. Right. Or distort or destroy or distort your spirituality. That it's there to edify. That's what the Bible says. So, yeah. so that's 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 neither here nor there. It's some of those individuals in the church, and I don't want to call them sinners. I don't want to call them devils and and uh, or sheep. She's calling. Right, they're, they're maybe misguided, maybe too zealous, and like I said, they're trying to do everything and out of their lane. Yeah, right. They're in they're in preaching, and they really should be singing, or or vice versa, yeah. or or but, they're preaching or singing, they should be sitting in the pew for a few more years. Well, yeah. even even the, just to piggyback on that, Rodney, is that you know you're talking about keeping the church out of, out of your marriage. You know, look at you know God does ordain some folks to be single. Mm-hmm. Your you know, church you is married, the, though. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and I mean, you look at the Apostle Paul. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't have a family, and and I don't know if he would have been able to accomplish what he accomplished and what God had him to do if he had a wife and kids. You know, we're, we're using the word church, and a lot of people twist church and God and look at church as God. You know, your church is, the church, as speaking of the body of Christ, is God's representative here on earth. But we are, you know, you know, in leadership, and most of the people on here are in some kind of leadership in the church that have been speaking, um, you know, we're just people. Sure. 
and and we don't get it twisted to, to think that that it, that it's anything but you know but a lot of times you know because we're people we have failings you know if if your pastor's walking around like his stuff doesn't stink you're probably in the wrong joint mm. good words good words yeah yeah good words um and that's the point that I was trying to make, and I'm glad you guys cleared it up because sometimes it's it, it's time. I, you know, I know that a lot of times we have to work overtime at work, and we have our church responsibilities, and we have the basketball, football, softball, right. whatever other responsibilities. We got the ballet, we got this, that, and the other, and we sign up for all these things. And we're overly committed to the point where our marriage is something that we say, okay, well, I'm going to fit it in when I can fit it in. Mm. Right, right. It goes the the house, there goes back to balance. I mean, if you got your kids and everything, uh, is that more important than church? I mean, do you reduce the church and not your kids going to play athletics? Yeah, and that and I mean, you just made a great point. Yeah, you got to balance it out. Because yeah. you, you, it's, it's a lot of kids that that play soccer and, and football on Sunday during church service. Yeah. Or do whatever yeah. extracurricular activity. And I told, I made it clear to my family that we're not signing up for any activity that meets on Sunday during church not if we can all. help it. Now, I understand the playoffs or the championship, but not on a regular basis you have a soccer match at 11 o'clock when service yeah. is in, well, in session. Well, well look, we won't well, be playing I, soccer. Right. And I, co- I coached my when my son was in school, um, I think it was his freshman year, I coached, he was playing for a county league. And I coached his his, his team that year because they were like, oh, we need coaches, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I coached. Not knowing that uh, the games are going to be on Sunday Ouch. at first. So, right. So I, I, I committed to it, and I'm a man of my word. So I said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to coach the team. Here's, here's what I'm going to do, though. You need to have my games in the afternoon. They need to be the, the last, you know, few games that are being played. And... um. The guy said, well, you know, we'll try to do that. Obviously, we can't just put all your games in the afternoon. No problem. So one of the other uh, husbands, or husbands, one of the other fathers of, of the children on the team, you know, I had him as a as kind of a, uh, a, a assistant coach. So on the Sundays that we had to play during church service, during those hours, the church coach, we, we went to church. And we came, if we made the game, we came by and rooted them on, and, you know, fourth quarter or whatever the case was, we didn't play. Now, my son might not like that. He didn't understand everything, but he's still a, he, he's still a child, right? He hasn't grown up yet. He hasn't put away childish things and became a man. So he didn't understand everything, but I explained to him the best I could. But I, like you, Rodney, I'm saying, well, I'm not going to do this during my service time. That, that's out. <laughs> no. Now, you know, Rodney, I took it one step further when my children were teenagers um, and they were looking for jobs. One of the requirements, requirements is if you live in this house, you go to church, and you can't take a job that you have to work during those hours. Wow. Okay? Um, and that was just the way it was. If if you had to have a job that worked during those hours, as a child in my house, you couldn't do it. And, and, you, so what and Sunday, Sunday, you know, for a high school teenager, you know that that's a lot of hours they're missing because they can't go. You know they, they're doing other things during the week. You know Sunday is a big day to get some hours in. Right. Yeah, but again, 
you know, for me, you know, that was just me, and other people think different. I'm not putting them down, but, but I really believe, you know, that, you know, a family that worships together is going to be stronger. And there was many times, you know, right after service, you know, we had to run Deja or whatever off to her job. Yeah. Okay, because she had to start at 1 o'clock. But her boss knew before she got the job when she said, I cannot work Sunday mornings because we go to church. Well, I remember me having to have to work on Sunday myself, personally trying to provide for my son. And, uh, you know, a lot of weekend hours, getting off on, a, you know, maybe a Monday or a Wednesday, things like that in the industry that I was in before. And, um, you know, that was that was difficult. I always wanted something different. I prayed for something different. finally got something different. But, but I had to do what I had to do then. Right. Uh, I made sure I went to midweek service or, you know, when I was off, go to a Bible study, um, make sure I got the, video, the, the DVDs or the, 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 back then I guess it was cassette. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, but Rodney, well, even there, you look, and, the, and to rewind what we were talking about, about how the elders and the deacons are chosen, you may have a brother right now that works to provide for his, his That's family. Exactly right. And and it's never seen, but when he gets off or when he has a day here or there, then he shows up. Yeah. But from from the leadership perspective, they're like this guy's not even consistent to the regular attendance that we have on Sundays and Wednesdays or whatever days that the, this guy we can't select him as an elder uh, because you know he's not here. But furthermore, even you know on top of that, he can't be an elder or deacon anyway because. Part of the responsibilities is you do have to have the capacity to show up when we have these events. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like a it's like, it's like a catch twenty two because you would never be chosen. But the fact of the matter is, if they chose you, you'd be like the the invisible elder. Right. It's like yeah, he's it, working. It sounds a lot like a Pharisee, but I hear you. Right. So 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 what you just said leads me. To a question. Okay. Yeah. And the question is can you be, can someone be an effective head of household if they don't go to church? No. Sure. Oh, wow. Wow. Now, I mean, that, I mean, and, and what I'm saying is, <laughs> let, let me clean what I'm saying up. I'm just do, saying that. Do you have to clean it up? No, yeah. Because okay. Because <laughs> right, we just, we just talked word. about the brother. We just talked about the brother that cannot, you know, he's providing for his family on Sunday. Right. And the industry he's in, he works on Sunday. The industry I'm in, we're closed on Sundays. Gotcha. You know, I don't work on Sunday. I never work on Sundays unless they change laws and regulations, which will probably never happen in my lifetime. Sure. So we, we just talked about that brother who cannot get to the church versus the brother who's got his redskin jersey on at 9 o'clock. Who uh-huh. has the, the capacity to go to church, but is not going to church? Now that's not an effective household. That's why I said I had to clean it up because they're two different brothers. One brother's putting his suit on, going to work because that's what he's got to do. Maybe he's working a second gig on the weekends to provide for his family. Sure. And the other guy is just getting up and 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 seeing the baby, and uh, you know his wife roll out. He's like, I holler at y'all. I'm gonna get you know we game day. You know, got my but, shirt on. But no, for you. Were you when you say not going to church? Which what were you talking? Were you saying? Yeah, no, no. Simply, 
not just don't go to church. Yeah, no Bible study, no, no none business, of that. No nothing. You okay. just you, you just don't go. Right. So you, you can't are, use work as an excuse. Well, whatever excuse you use, but you have a family. You're the head of a family, but right. can you be an effective head of a family if you just don't go? I think you can. Okay. Okay, I don't think that because somebody um, doesn't proclaim, you know, Christ or religion does not mean he can't be an effective head of his house. I'm going to tell you what, I've met very, I've met a lot of people that, that do not proclaim Christ or Allah or whoever you want to, you know, proclaim as your spiritual leader that are very, very, you know, good you know, family men and 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 lead their family well, and and they don't they don't don't ever consider, you know, church because that's where they are. But they're 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 family men. They love their family, and 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 they they lead in a in a in a wonderful way. But well, where well, I'm gonna have to disagree with that. I'm gonna have yeah, to disagree I, with that because the fact of the matter is, what is a head of household? Head of household leads financially, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Now, the most important of those. Is spiritually. So if somebody's a family man, no, that's not cutting it. Okay. That's uh, not cutting it if because I you may, have to lead your – go ahead, CJ. Go ahead. Go if ahead. I may cut in, go y'all ahead. are talking about me. <laughs> not okay. the idea that I don't believe because I yes. do. Okay. But let's try this. Let, let me explain this. Okay. You, you picked this up. I've gone to church in my lifetime. Sure. Okay. I've – I have chosen churches and I have not chosen churches depending on what I think is the right message. Sure. I feel that I don't necessarily have to go to church, but I am not someone who is against going to church. I have never forced my sons to go to church, yet they will get up and go to church. Sure. Okay? Mm-hmm. I'm an effective head of household. They don't do drugs. They don't have a record. They treat women the way I expect them to treat them. And everyone has always said my sons are good sons. Now they're paying the high passes. That's just <laughs> because of testosterone. Right. But I feel that I'm not in church every Sunday, um, and I'm not taking it personal that you're saying the whole idea not being affected, but... Um, uh, I've been in churches where it wasn't even worth sitting up in there. Yeah, and, and you, you talk know. about being being personal. I, thank you for that, brother. And I, I actually share a personal story with you because this is on my street too. And my father doesn't go to church. Now, this guy, let me give you a quick snapshot of my life from about birth to I was in high school. This dude showed up on Mother's Day, Christmas, New Year's, that sort of Easter, you know, that sort of thing. He would put on the suit and everything or whatever. But when I got to high school, and, and it was just um, my mom and my brother and I, you know, until he went off to college. You know, he's eight years my senior and all that good stuff. So it was, you know, after that it was just me and my mom or whatever. But anyway, long story short, so from zero to from birth to high school, this dude was a C&E, you know, Christmas, Easter, Mother's Day, maybe, whatever. And then this dude got plugged in. And what I mean plugged in, uh, he he got up one day. I don't know which Sunday it was, but it was not a holiday. And I looked at him, and I was like, what are you doing? I didn't say anything to him, but I'm just thinking in my mind, what are you doing? 
It's not. I'm looking at the calendar. It's not Easter. It's not Mother's Day. It's not Father's Day. It's not a special event, church anniversary. Why are you getting dressed? But this dude started coming, and he kept coming, and he kept going, coming. And then he joined the church, and then he got baptized, and then he's on the, the deacon board, and then he's on the trustee board. And at some point, at one point, probably in the in the recent years, he was at the church six to seven days a week. And what he was doing was he's he's, he's very handy. You know, he's, he's retired. So he's very handy, and there was lots of work to be done at the church. Some of it he volunteered his time and talent working, you know, six, eight-hour days in the heat, in the element, you know. Some of it was paid. Some of it was not paid. But And then he would be in there on Sunday working in the sound booth, you know, doing this, doing that, on the deacon board, head of the trustee board, all of this stuff. And now today, this guy hasn't been to church. He stopped going to church January this year. Mm. And you talk about how keeping the church out of your how it's affecting him and my mother's relationship is not healthy. She's miserable. Wow. She doesn't like the fact that she goes to the church and he's sitting there. And granted, my father probably reads his Bible more than I do. He probably prays more than I do. But he does not physically go anywhere on Sundays unless he's out of town. And he'll go to he'll go to church with me, you know, if he's at my house, or he'll go to church with my brother if he's at his house. No problems. But he had a falling out, you know, with the with the pastor, and you know, and he doesn't feel. <laughs> that there's any other churches in his area that, you know, he's, he's being led to. So on Sunday, and he will, you know, even the times where he wasn't going to church during, you know, my my formative years, he was watching. He loved Fred, Fred Price. Mm-hmm. That guy would watch Fred Price religiously and get his Bible open. And Fred said, turn to Matthew. That, that guy would be turning and reading. And so it wasn't like he was agnostic or atheistic or just, you know, didn't, you know, didn't didn't acknowledge that God existed. That wasn't the case, but it, it was just something different for him. So, right now, I don't think he's being the head of household because my mother tells me that it's a problem. Can I stop? That you? she goes to church and he's sitting there. Go ahead. And the reason why I want to stop you is because I don't want you to go too far because I know you got more to say, but. Yeah. Um and it's not really a contradiction to what you said about being a effective head of household. Because there was a particular time he did go to church. And there was a particular time that he gave you an example. What did he become in the church? He was I know he was head of the trustee board. Elder maybe? Elder. Uh the equivalent. They didn't have that specific title, but I mean basically, yeah, he was a he was definitely a leader in the church. Okay, as what far are you as in the, what are you in the church? I'm an elder. Okay, so there was something there that happened. Something happened. Something sparked something in you. Maybe we don't have to talk about it and I may be fishing. But there was something that he did, some role that he played, because he's your father. Yeah. That gave you something, just maybe a new mission, maybe new direction. You see what I'm saying? I, I see what you're saying, but I, w- I would say this, that my mom took me to church every Sunday, 
regardless. Sure. And that's, I mean, that that is what it is. So yeah. with me, you know, um, on Sunday, Sunday, if I'm in town, you can find me in, in church. Gotcha. You know, that, that's just me. And there's some days where I'm just like, you know what, had a rough Saturday night, had a rough Friday, you know, weekend. and No, but I still, you know, get up and go to church. We're not talking about just going to church. Yeah. We're not talking about attendance. We're talking about works. See, you don't just go to church. You're not that guy. You show up and make it happen. You're the 20%. Your father was the 20%. At the time, yeah. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? So, so, so we don't know why we do what we do. A lot of times, we just find ourselves in certain situations. Yeah, because but, I didn't sign up to it. You know, I, I wasn't doing. I wasn't doing these things. And, and and a lot of the things that I'm doing, I was drafted. Like I, I didn't say drafted. Well. But what I'm saying is, you got to show up to be drafted. You know, the first thing is to show up. That's correct. You were voluntold. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> They didn't pick your name out of a hat and say, we're going to pick this guy. We think he's going to be great. You already showed streaks of greatness. Yeah, but the showing up, to me, that came from my mother. Okay. I mean, she instilled that in me because, I mean, it was, uh, unless it was eight feet of snow on the ground or, you know, somebody had a broken arm or something tragic happened, you know, we would go to church. Now, we didn't go any other time, you know, unless they had a special, you know. I got that. I got Uh that. But let's, Uh I mean, but let's really think about that. Had your father stayed a couch potato the whole time, do you think you'd be the same person doing everything that you do in the church? Or you could have been just, hey, what I've been taught is just to show up. But he showed you something different. Mm. I could be wrong. I mean, mean, I don't know. You're right. You know what I'm saying? He showed you something different. He showed you what it's like to go in and show up and work and be the 20%, which you are now effectively. And going back to your earlier point, Mr. Host, about being a, a head of household, like I didn't, I wasn't comfortable with the fact that he was watching Fred Price and reading his Bible as we went off to church as an adolescent. I enjoyed, you know, last, I was joking in my mind when I'm, you know, in high school, and I'm like, what are you doing? Well, how are you getting ready for church? But at the same time, this guy... Like that, I mean, at that point, he was truly, you know, I'm not saying that he wasn't the head of household, but I'm just saying that he was really, when he was active in church, when he was going to church with the family, to me, he was being more of a head of household than when he wasn't, if that makes any sense. Gotcha. And as a child, that's what I mean, I'm talking about as a child. You know, I'm like, dude, you know, why, how come you can't go to church? And then when he did, I'm like, man, this is, this feels great. My father's going to church, and he's not, you know, it's not a holiday. He's not being dragged out. He's getting his suit on on his own volition, and he's going to church, and we we go to church as a family. Gotcha. But guess what? The torch has already passed. He didn't pass the torch to you. Whether, whether we accept it or we don't, it was a vision that you had, a vision of him being active in the church, climbing the ladder. And that and that's exactly what you're doing. You see what I'm saying? So the torch is passed. That's just like a parent raising a child, and they say, you know, for 18 years we're not going to be able to drink or go to the club or smoke weed. But the second the child goes to college, we're going to get blasted. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So uh, when, yeah. when you're working, when you're raising, maybe you got to do certain things for your family. Effective head of household. 
But now you're not there. You're out of the nest. You're doing your own thing. You got your own family. So now he's probably like, you know, I'm going to take my time now. I'm going to chill and do what I like to do, and that's watch my man on TV and get my Bible out. But I still have my relationship with God. That doesn't make him an ineffective head of household. Mm, That's strong. That's strong. So, so Rodney, so you're saying your dad is not a head of household because he doesn't go to church, or when he doesn't go to church, he's not being the head of household? Not effective, I think. Not, a, not, not, not as effective. He's not reaching his full potential. Yeah. Because so, my mother okay. is complaining. Yeah. Because of his his non-attendance at church. You know that that could be used in many areas. If it's if you're using your wife as a com, you know complaints of your wife as being an ineffective um, you know head of household, we'd all be guilty of that in some way. Oh, I know, Okay, I know I would. You know, you, you left your socks on the floor again. I mean, you know, so I don't I don't particularly think that just because a wife complains about something, it it makes the husband. You know, not an effective head of household. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say. I, I mean, the reason of her complaint is not. To me, it's not as minuscule as you know. You don't help me around the house. I mean, to me, she's looking at him to be a leader, and and to you know to go to church. And and and, and Tony really says something interesting. There's no kids at home. You know, they're both at home. They're both retired. You know, it's really. I mean, it's just all the. It's just them. So, yeah, you know, maybe say, you know what, you know, my kids are cool. You know, they go to church. They, you know, they, they got their families plugged in, and that, that's good for them. But uh, I'm, I'm going to right now. Let me ask you this I'm question, Ronnie. Yeah, go ahead. Let me ask you. <clears throat> um, did, your, did your father, in what capacity did you, because I, I think you're looking more at the spiritual aspect of the head of household. So in what capacity did your father lead? Meaning, did 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 he initiate the prayers around the house? Did he initiate, um, you know, take communion at the house or? No, know, none of that. 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 So, none and, of that. and he's not and he's not doing none of that now. No. And he didn't I do think none he of still that. Reads. I think he still reads. And I think he still watches uh, some programs on Sunday. Right, but, but he didn't do anything anything like that then, and he's not doing like anything like that now. No. And how he led, that's a great question, because how he led, he was uh-huh. a great provider. Great, still is, great provider. But what's the yeah, problem? still what is. is. Yeah, so, yeah so and, he, and so, I mean, he was a great provider financially. I never wanted for anything. I was so what, what, you know. Yeah. What aspect is he lacking in that he had before that he's not doing now? <sighs> Thank you. Exactly, and, and and I put the disclosure out at the beginning of the call. If I'm on your street, I will turn off if you want. It's okay. No, this is good, brother. This you is good. No, I'm, I'm good. glad somebody asked Rodney that question because that's what I was trying to uh, trying to piece together. I think the and let me, only let me thing help. that changed in his father was the fact that he wasn't going to church. So and don't get me wrong, that's a, that's a significant change. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Absolutely, but I'm, I was wondering if Rodney was like, you know, he stopped going to church, you know, and he stopped doing, you know, every time he wasn't going to church, he wasn't, you know, uh, good with his money or something else. Or, right. you know. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute now. Now, he okay. has the money piece 
He's a great provider, but he has a bad habit with money, too, that has come back. Uh-huh. So, that's just and, and, and I will, all and I, yeah, and I and I will say that I mean it, it could be because he's out of the you know out of the the, the leadership and the faith. I I don't know, it, but yeah. you know the fact of the matter is is that you know it has been some bad habits that he had before. Sure. He got saved and walked that aisle and got baptized that have creeped back up now that he's not yeah. going anywhere on Sunday and. Yeah. Now, I gotta ask this question, and I, again, I don't mean to be on your street. I You're really, fine, brother. truly You're don't. Fine. You're um, fine. But this is what this is about. This is what we do. And and again, um, and you probably haven't done this because you looked at him like, man, you're not going to church. You're not effective head of household. You kind of kind of let me down somewhat. And that's just my observation. But has there ever been a call made? To him saying You know What you did in the church I now do Maybe something That you showed me Rubbed off on me And now I'm doing it And the fact that I no longer see you Doing it Bothers me a little bit Because you set that example for me You showed me that I had to do more Than just be in attendance and maybe and you never even a, thought about it. Maybe you never even to this after before today. Maybe you never even thought about the fact that he could have been instrumental in your walk. Now, yeah, and, and Tony makes a good point because uh, could it be then a fear of um, obviously you've seen some like he like Tony was saying that you see a lot of parallel or a lot of similarities with you and your dad and you know his his roles in the church and things he used to do is exactly what you do now. Uh, you know, he was a good provider, et cetera, et cetera. And the fact that he stepped away, is there a little fear that maybe since we have been on this parallel path, is there a fear that maybe one day I'm going to do the same? So I resent the fact that you're doing it now. Wow. I didn't even take no, that. no, I, I would say no. Cause I mean, there is not, a parallel, not but not consciously, subconsciously. And, and, and possibly, um, but I would say that our, 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 our lives don't parallel that much okay. um, in the respect that my biological father, which is him, and my biological mother raised me. Mm-hmm. But my father was raised by his grandmother. Okay. Which okay. means that his biological father um, and his biological mother, my grandmother, who's still living, I mean, and, and love her to death, but, I mean, her mother raised my father. That was, for all intents and purposes, my great-grandmother was his mother. Right. Okay. So I think that, you know, with the parallels, I had a father, you know, in, in the house, you know, and we can we can question his, the capabilities of the head of household, you know, here and there over my years in the house. But he was he was there for me. I mean, he was there for me. He was my football coach. You talked about that earlier. Um, but I mean, he was he was a great father. But on the flip side, he didn't have a father. Right. So I think that you know when you talk about parallel, I think that really, if I actually and, and going back to T Hawk's point, no, I've never had the conversation with him because that's a deep conversation. 
and uh, I can have it, but that's just not the kind of relationship that my father and I and I have for me to sit down and say, you know, Pop, you need it. You know, what's going on with you? So, but would you have that for your mother? Would you have that conversation for your mother? And that's that, that's that's that, that's a great point, brother, because my mother's like Rodney. I mean, this you. I mean, I mean, she's crying out for help. Right. For somebody to talk to him. Yeah, but but listen, listen, listen. Ike made a perfect point. Perfect point. Because what she's, I mean, maybe what she's crying out for, that type of help is not really what's going to fix it. If she knows that he was instrumental in your life being the way that it is, because maybe she doesn't know that. Maybe she takes the credit just like you gave her credit, that she did it. But if she knows that he did do his job, he did show up, he did set an example while you were living under that roof. Absolutely. You understand what I'm saying? He did his effective head of household role while he was under that roof. And you now are perfectly satisfied with what he did because you are living proof of that legacy. That's right. You tell me out of your own mouth, look, I ain't never in my life really did. I've gone to the left. I've never been to a strip club. I never smoked weed. I never had three or four women in the orgy. I've never got arrested. I went to college. I went to high school. I did it, yada, yada, yada. All the straight things that most people want to be like. Dude, you missed all How the fun. How do you think you got to that point? You didn't get to that point because your father was out in the street giving you that example. What example did he give you? Yeah. We can't ever discredit that. Ever. Mm-hmm. Ever. That man deserves props, man. Absolutely, and I give him his props. And I, I want to drop a monkey wrench just right on what you just said. Okay. And it's after 11, so. Okay. So what y'all, are y'all saying that it doesn't matter if a man goes to church or not? Is that what you're saying? And what I'm talking about, what I'm talking about here, fellas, is that I'm not talking about the guy that has to work on Sunday. I'm not talking about the guy that's pulling a second shift on Sunday. I'm talking about two guys, both of them have the option to go to church. Maybe they're neighbors. Maybe they live right beside each other. One goes and one doesn't. So what y'all are saying is that. I don't that's a litmus test for a good head of household. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. All right, because I really believe there. I'm going to tell you what, I've seen some some uh, non-Christian, non-religious, non-church-going folks that lead better, lead better lives than dudes that are up in the church five days a week. Gotcha. Yeah, but Andrew, let me help you. What's the ultimate litmus test that we're all going to have to face? Well, I understand we... that. Okay? And that's what I'm, that's what the, I'm the ultimate at. litmus test isn't going to be if you went to church. The ultimate litmus test is are you perfect or do you have sin? Okay, because you have you judged. Don't go to heaven. Perfect people do, and the bottom line is none of us can live perfect lives. So the ultimate litmus test on that day of judgment is: Do you have sin, or do you not? Can you be in the presence of God? But you know what? Um, there's a whole bunch of folks up in the church going to get a surprise. Yes, and yes, and I agree with that. But there's only one way. To heaven, and, and that's through Jesus. And if, oh, you, haven't made that, if you haven't made that, oh, 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 no, no, no. There's two ways to heaven. 
There's two? Because, yeah, we serve a just God. Sure. Okay. There's two yeah. ways to heaven. God will not punish somebody that's not guilty. And if you live a sinless life, you can go to heaven. Yeah, well, that's not possible. So there's That's no right. Except Rodney. Exactly. So I think Rodney's point, I think to Rodney's point, is if you, how can you be an effective head of household when you don't know enough to lead your family to salvation? That's right. There's a, there, there's a statement. Woo, you had to hit that at 11 o'clock. And that's <laughs> what I'm talking about, fellas, because, man, it, 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 Tony, you don't know what you just said, but literally Sunday night, my nine-year-old came to me and she said that she wanted to go to the drama that they were putting on, the Heaven's Gate Hell's Flames. Mm-hmm. Now I just told y'all that I'm an elder and I'm 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 in, in attendance. My family's plugged in. I'm in the marriage ministry with Andrew. I do all of this stuff. I'm on the usher board. And, you know all this kind of stuff. I have never, in the eight years that I've been attending, never been to Heaven's Gate Hell's Flames. Never. Man, oh, so, so listen. So listen. My daughter comes to me Sunday, and I was I, I had a uh, I had a an engagement um, that I went over to the Eastern Shore. It was a three-hour ride, you know, forward and back, and I was probably there for a couple of hours. Um, and so I, I didn't get back until uh, late Saturday evening and with a, a four-month-old and kids and just, you're tired and all this stuff. So, you know, literally on Sunday, I don't really generally don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to see nobody. I don't want nobody to come up. I'm just in my pajamas. I'm chilling. I actually took a three-hour nap, me and the baby, you know, after that long trip on Saturday. So I'm just like, you really want to go to this thing? So I took her, you know, and the wife stayed back with the other two kids. And, you know, do you know that my nine-year-old got saved? Mm-hmm. Walked right up there. On her own? Yes, he did. Uh-huh. I saw it. Mm-hmm. I gave her a high five, my husband. Come on, man. Come on, dog. Come on. So, and 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 I got my 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 little boy here. He he, he woke up. Um, but you know, literally. So, I didn't want to go. I've never been. I'm sure it's dynamic. They've been telling me all the stories. But Sunday night or Monday night or Tuesday night. I ain't want to go, but I thank God that I went because my I got the, as as somebody said, my daughter got got saved because I took her as her father. I could have said no. I'm tired, honey. Oh, really? I don't want to go. It's Sunday night. You got school tomorrow. I got work tomorrow. But I say, you know what? God has blessed the baby, and I slept for three hours. Uh, you know, I, I got a good nap, so I'm, I'm I'm refreshed. And I took her, and she got saved. So has what? she not? Has, has she not? I I don't know. Let me look, look. 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 One of the questions that I have that I didn't ask is: Is it fair to your kids if you don't expose them to God? Oh my! Absolutely not fair. 
Uh, for me and my religion and my beliefs, I don't believe it's fair. Um, I believe you should always uh, build, tell your kids about God, and you should teach them how to build a relationship with God. Exactly now, whether or not they do it, that's their choice. You know, I have a coworker. She waited until she was 32 years old before she decided to build her relationship with God. But when she did, it felt like she was a little kid again because she just remembered everything that her parents taught her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's exposure. Exposure right. doesn't necessarily have to be. I mean, exposure could be praying at night. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? And, when I was a kid, I didn't go to church, but mother taught me about God all the time. Now, so I knew who he was. Mm-hmm. But but exposure, I, I'm confused. So would you, are you saying because of the exposure she wasn't trained, or am I getting training and, and exposure mixed up? No, I mean, just exposure, talking, the introduction. Mm-hmm. Introduction is exposure. If you if you if you plant the seed, because that's all we do, that's and right. then God will bring the increase. You see what I'm saying? But if that's you right. don't know where the increase is coming from, you know you plant the seed. You you made the introduction. That's exposure. Right. That's right. But but we shouldn't. What we shouldn't do is uh, we shouldn't identify church with. And I'm just going to throw some names out there just for the sake. I hope I, you know, if there's any of the churches okay, you go to, please don't get offended. But, you know, the the instituted church is not called in heaven anyway. In God's sake, it's not called church, uh, First Baptist of Glenarden. It's not called Reed Temple. It's not called Jericho or First Mount Olive Free Will Baptist Church, right? It's not called any of those things. And so, you know, the Bible tells us, in Hebrews, it tells us to not to forsake the assemblies together, right? Yes. That, yes. And in other words, we should come together. Um, but it, 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 keep in mind when this is written, too. Now, this is written in a time where they were going from house to house, right? Uh, you know, yeah, there were some 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 uh, physical buildings labeled as quote unquote church. But for the most part, they were going house to house, right? Very small congregations, very small settings, and they were considering that, and that was called that was being called church. Because wherever two or three are gathered, right, is what they say. Yeah, yeah. The word says wherever two or three are gathered, and I'm not saying that justifies you not going into a building together at Bible study or a Sunday service. All I'm saying is we shouldn't put so much emphasis on that cathedral. We shouldn't put so much uh, emphasis on that edifice uh, that uh, we 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 lose or dilute. Uh, what the church really is. So can I leave without going to First Baptist of Glen Arden or without going to uh, the Potter's house or something like that? Can I still leave my children and my wife, my household, uh, in the things of God? Um, sure. Anytime that I'm getting around my other spiritual brothers like you guys, um, uh, you know, if I had kids in the house, maybe they're hearing this conversation that I'm having right now that we're talking about God with men. We're talking about God. None of us are punks, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they see me at the barber shop. Hopefully, you know, maybe I'm around some other Christian men or Christian men and women or whatever the case is. But, you know, again, wherever two or three is, we're training our children up not to be so robotic to to religion that we, we lose the aspect or, or the understanding of what church really is. So I think that's crucial, especially in, your case, in the case that you're talking about, Rodney, with your dad. And I don't need to know everything else, you know, about it. I think what you said is, is clearly enough. But yeah. I think taking that into consideration, I understand what you're saying because I'm, I'm the same way as saying, hey, and someone else, I think it was Andrew, said that, 
everyone, you know, if you're in my house, we're gonna go to church on Sunday. That's it. Ain't no other ain't no other options there. Um so I get that. But at the same time I think, you know, we have to we have to understand that that's not the uh that's not the cure for cancer. That's that's not, you know, gonna solve world hunger if we go through these cathedral doors. Gotcha. And and I, the, the, the salvation has to, is going to come from the accepting of that. Now, your daughter, and, and that could be anywhere, right? Your daughter, you guys could have been on a, a trip on Disney, and you and a few other folks that you met there who happened to be children of God as well started dialoguing and talking about some testimonies or what have you, and right then and there she could have just said, you know, Lord, I love you, and I want to accept God as my Lord and Savior. Now, y'all, y'all had to go over there on uh, um, you know, some wet and wild or something and, and get her baptized, But but, but nonetheless, you you understand my point. That that doesn't necessarily mean that you took it to church is the reason why, to the building, I should say, is the reason why she got saved. She got saved because she accepted the word that happened to be in that building at the time. Mm -hmm. But it could have happened on the wedding while. It could have happened on the way, absolutely. That's right. Yeah, you just happened to arrange the meeting that night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's right. That's right. So 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 what's the difference in the church? I'm sorry. So what's the difference in the family that goes to church twice a year and the family that goes to church every Sunday? Mm. Well, I, I think here, here. Let me just say this real quick. But I, here's what I here's what I believe. I believe that um, uh, what's your the the church going to the building that is the building uh, gives, a, gives a yeah. Which gives a Four Street Baptist, right? Um, okay. Gives you a good reflection of how you're living your life. I I think you know this is this is my opinion. There's no I don't have any scriptures this time to, to back up anything. But I, I think it gives a good illustration of how how you're kind of living your life. So do you come together with other saints and other believers? I think if you do that on a norm, if you if you do that on a norm, you're you you feel almost outside of that other. Scenario of you have to work. You feel compelled to come there on, on to some place on a Sunday and get around more individuals who are like-minded like you. Who don't want to be around some like-minded individuals who understand my jokes, right? <laughs> uh, I want to get around some individuals um, that understand who I am, where I come from. You know, why do you think um, the churches that most of us attend are all black? Because we want to get around individuals that it has nothing to do with the fact that black people understand God better than white people or Spanish people or, or Chinese people. It's just it's the fact that we want to get around individuals that we understand. We're like-minded individuals, and that's just an illustration, I think, uh, of our walk. So, yeah, I, I think if you only go to church twice a year and you're able and you're capable of doing it, to me, uh, my opinion is I think that reflects your relationship with God, because you, you know, like you told Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. You know, there, there's no way that you can say you love me who you haven't seen, and you hate your brother that you see on a daily basis. You have to come to come together. I think at some point in time or another, if you truly believe what's going on on the inside. But yeah, because I think you, you you hit on a, a great you said a great word, and that's relationship. Yeah. And I don't know. You know, imagine how tough it would be. You know, to have a relationship with your wife, and you and you you saw her twice a year. Wow! But 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 again, again, we can't be at the. I can't judge that relationship with you and your wife. 
Because maybe that's what's best for y'all. Maybe y'all. <laughs> really, really. And, and Rodney is still trying to connect the church to God by saying if you go exactly. to church, then that's when you've been exactly. with God. Exactly. So, so, so if a person doesn't go, does that mean that he doesn't have a relationship? I read somewhere in the Bible where it says, "Don't yell out in the, don't pray out loud in the synagogues uh-huh. to hear you, because then you'll have your blessing already." Go in your prayer, private prayer closet, so uh-huh. when you pray in pu- private, God will bless you in public. Yeah. Did I say that right? You said it right, actually. Yeah. So, 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 if you have your relationship with the Lord in private. Is that less effective than someone that has their relationship openly by presenting it by being present every Sunday? Well, I don't. You did say the scripture right. However, I don't think that you actually use it in the right context. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Please correct me. So the only reason why I say that is because uh, you know I think what I was referring to is uh, your your fasting for one because it specifically talks about that in there. Um, so you know, don't fast and then walk around in public letting people know you're fast by looking all worn out and looking tired and things like that. Um, and, and the same thing within uh, within the building, quote unquote. Don't just show up and just you know flash this ten thousand dollar check around before putting it in the place. Right. Right. Gotcha. You, you know, you, I don't know about. I've seen people you know in church want to you know kind of show off before they kind of put it in in the in the, uh, in the plate or what have you, but. Uh, or just so the names can be mentioned or what have you. But, oh, don't be the yeah, loudest but, one in the church praising God, like, oh, hallelujah. You know, <laughs> yeah, well, everybody else's right. message. Right. Yeah. And, and, well, let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me actually come, dial it back a little bit because what you said isn't completely incorrect out of context because you're going to church for that reason, to be seen and let people know that you go to church. Like some folks will say, I go to church. You know, some people say, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian. You come up into a conversation and say, I'm a Christian. Well, you shouldn't have to tell people that. That's like me saying, I'm black. I shouldn't have to tell you that. Let's <laughs> mm, say that. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so I, to some degree I do agree with you. that. Is you black, Tony? <laughs> that, that's actually Rodney talking. But, yeah, I am black, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think people are black. I think they're just biracial. Well, okay, well. Okay. Okay. That's you, the whole tiger thing. You'll get it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, but but again and again, I'm thanks for the correction. You know, but but to my understanding, it is about the relationship opposed to anything yeah. else. Yeah. No, I, I, agree. I agree. I absolutely agree with you. You know, so so. Um, and can I can I help you, Mr. Hope? Can you hear me? I can hear you. I can hear you. I'm gonna try to help 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 Ike out with. Uh, <laughs> something about the relationship and you, you said something about a relationship um, and I'm going to try to do this with holding this four month old because he's about to cry on me he woke up but the bride of Christ or bride the lamb's wife um, I think it's in, it's in the gospel of John, John the Baptist he speaks of you know Jesus Christ as the bridegroom <laughs> now now this this topic tonight, you know, keeping the church out out of your marriage, you know, um, I think it's, it's in John somewhere where he talks about the bride belongs to the bridegroom. Uh huh. Now, and Rodney, you help me out fill fill in the gaps that I may miss because, like I say, I'm walking this 
this basement here trying to keep this boy quiet for a few minutes. But, and even if you go forward to the book of Revelation, um, where uh, John talks about that, you know, coming down, you know, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. You know, uh-huh. talking about uh, Jesus coming back for the church. Mm-hmm. And so, hold on, boy. Um, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, to, to kind of bring all this home and the connection between God and the church and the marriage, it's all intertwined because the ultimate relationship that, you know, God, because uh, as they say, you know, marriage is a ministry, um, but even he talks about, you know, the, the, the church being his bride and coming back for the church. Exactly. So I've got to go on mute. Help me, Rodney. Finish my thoughts, please, brother. <laughs> help me. Help me try to help me say what I'm trying to say because I don't want this boy crying in your ear. Love it, Rodney can't talk. <laughs> oh, he's not crying. He's not crying. He's not crying. We don't hear him crying. Go ahead. You're doing good. No, he, he's about to blow. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting rested. I'm getting uh, breathless here. So, Rodney, help me. What, what am I trying to say about, you know, just to, to, to bring it all home about the bridegroom and 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 Jesus coming back for the church and all that good stuff. <laughs> Uh, don't put too much on me. <laughs> I, handle, I know you can handle it. That's why I, we got the same name for a reason. So I know you can handle it. Well, you know, I do agree. I agree with the fact that there's a relationship there, and the fact that Christ is the bridegroom, and, and the church is. I mean, to the point where it's in our, it's, it's in the uh, 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 the command to the husband and command to the wife, saying, you know, love love your uh, wife as Christ loved the church. Yes, showing that relationship and vice versa, be submissive unto your husband as unto the Lord, showing that exact same relationship. So the the whole principle of marriage uh, is just just earthly marriage anyway. It's just an illustration of the uh, spiritual relationship that uh, Christ Christ being the head had with the church. So that relationship uh, is uh, like you just said, intertwined. So we have to. We have to participate, and that's why I said we be careful about what we're calling the church, because um, then maybe that's where people get kind of mixed up, and they're saying, well, that's the relationship that I need to have. I need to have a relationship with, uh, you know, First Mount Olive. I need to have that relationship with uh, 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 Church Without Walls or whatever the case is, and that's not that's just not the case. That relationship has to be, as he described in those wedding vows, if you will, um, and then that relationship with Christ in the church, that relationship has to be there, and that relationship is wherever two or three are gathered, that's in any conversation, wherever worship is taking place, that's where the church is. And keep this in mind, uh, even though Christ says he went, to, he went to church, he went to the temple as it was his custom. So he, he went to church every week. It was his yeah. custom. Nonetheless, yeah. the things that he did, the majority of those, was outside of, the vast majority of his miracles and the things that he performed was outside of the church. He didn't do a lot in the church. That's right. So you go, you, you know, you go, think about where you have to, you have to be a part of 
in order to experience and to and to be and to be filled. Just to your point of your daughter, because she had that any any other experience? Absolutely. The two or three years could be you and your wife have a conversation about God to her, and she accepts that she receives it, and, and uh, you know she wants to be baptized and and born, and she's accepting and born again. But um, that relationship has to take place in order for people to be saved. So there has to be an outworking of that relationship. And I think that that whole the whole thing that what you're talking about that 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 Christ being the bridegroom, the church being the bride, that relationship functioning. Um, I think it sets the precedence for what Christ did outside of the church. He's saying that if this, if, if you have this relationship with me, then here's the here's the here's the real power. Here's the real leadership ability that a man would have uh, or as a head of household you have whenever you're not only in this relationship but you're demonstrating this relationship. Um, so, so you know, you don't have to be in church six days a week. If you are, then you might have to question yourself on, well, how much is, how much are you actually applying? Right, exactly, exactly. And, and I'll even add to that, and thank you, Rodney, that <laughs> – you know, we, going back going back to the topic of the evening, keeping the church out of your marriage, you talk about the host made a comparison between the, the, the family that goes twice a year and the, the family that goes every Sunday. Now, I would say that it's easy to keep the church out of your marriage if the church was never in your marriage to start with. Mm. Mm. Okay. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Because you ain't going to get to church in your marriage two times a year. They don't even know who you are. Right. <laughs> you're not, yeah, you're but not what long is, enough. Long, what if long you enough. ain't got the church in your marriage? You know, you're going two times a year. But then what if your wife says, you know, I want to start going four times a year, eight times a year, you know, 12 times? None of that makes a difference, I don't think. I mean, in terms of numbers, uh, times you go don't make you any better of a, uh, doesn't mean you're least. I mean, you can, you know, as we know, everyone that says Lord, Lord is not going to heaven. So you, you can go 365 and still yeah. lead your ha- lead your family to hell. Yeah. So you right. saying? So I'm gonna get into. I'm gonna give you, give you, come on in my basement here. <laughs> my, my, I'm walking my, down the stairs now, brother. My first wife. You know, we were equally yoked spiritually. Uh, then all of a sudden, she started going to these. Uh, crazy cultist churches, and because of that, they instilled in her that she was superior than everybody else who wasn't in the church, including her husband. So, if you don't go to church, now all of a sudden you have a problem because you're not going to church and your mate is going to church. And I mean, it probably and it, and it could be a positive thing. It could be your wife, who you want you to go to church just so you could be a better husband or something. It could be a good church, you know. In my, with my experience, it was a bad church, you know. But I'm just saying, you know that that happens. Well, I mean, you, you said something interesting there with that statement, brother. Would, would you say, would you go on the record and say going to church makes you a better husband? If you're going to a good church, I'm not talking about that culty. You know that cultish, kooky stuff. I'm just talking about if you're in a good Bible-based church, would you say that going to to church makes you a better husband and a better father? 
I, I won't, I'm gonna put it to you like this, Rodney. Since I've been living about that, I got a little wisdom up under him now. Uh, a good church uh, doesn't necessarily condemn a person for not going. A good church says, "Hey, look at our members," and people see their members and say, "You know what? It's just something about this church. I got to be a part of it." People are drawn by observing their members instead of being condemned by their members. So in my in my thirty seven years of life on this earth, that's what I believe a good church is. And I've been blessed enough to see that and to be, you know, be involved with a church like that now. So, you know And that's good. And I think that and that's good words. And I think that with that I know for me. I need to be there twice a week. That's oh, I'm yeah. just talking about me. I'm just talking about Rodney. Now, you may need to be there twice a year or, or five times a year or, or 60 times a year. Rodney needs to be there every, you know, twice or as much as as he can. I'm glad to hear time. you say that because you said earlier if you go twice a year, you can't be a good head of household. Rodney just said something key. And I don't know if anybody caught that. But you just said something so profound. You said you need exactly to be there. Now, again, 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 I'm going to echo what he just said. Because I also need to be there a certain amount of time. Because for me, it's tough out in this world. It is. There's so much coming at you. There's so much I need to get in there because when I'm in there, that's when I get my direction. So are you saying everybody needs a difference? I'm talking to, I am. Just so happens that I'm gonna that I'm gonna share Rodney's needs because I can't do it twice a year. There's no way. There's no way possible I can. I would feel like I have murdered somebody if I. <laughs> That's how bad I would feel if I went to church twice a year. That I committed a crime. <laughs> I, I don't know where that, this time goes. I come limping in the church, man. I mean, I, I need it. <laughs> I need it. I need it. I'm gonna tell you, I need it. I need it like I need it like I need robotism if I'm sick. I need what, it. What is it exactly that you're saying that you need? You need to get that power. You need to get. I need to get that power. I need to get that word. When when I go, when me and my wife recharge, when me and my wife, it it helps us find our center. Well, it really it helps my wife find her center, and it helps me stay engaged. It, it gives it it strengthens my foundation because you know usually the woman they start getting all crazy. Yes. You know, and you know you can tell. You know, I can tell. Like, hey, we need we I need to get her up in church. We need to go to church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I need my spirit. My 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 spirit needs to eat. And, and and watch this. That what you just said, Tony, was also profound because we as believers, most of us, maybe not all of us on this this show tonight, are believers, but we can be prideful as Christians. Yeah. And then after you miss one Sunday, it's like you know what? Yeah, you know, I'm still pretty good. You mm-hmm. know. Then you miss another one. It's like you know what? Mm-mm. Why am I even going over there anyway? I got, I got this. Then you miss a third one and a fourth one, and that pride. Whereas you just said, 
And Andrew just said, I need to go over. I'm limping. After the demons I fought last week, I need to get rejuvenated in here this week. I need this. I need to I can't run do back. it on my own. Mm-mm. That's the difference. That's the difference in the church, that the family that goes twice a week and the family that goes every week. We are identified with our weakness, and we understand what we need to get our battery recharged, period. And who the power comes from. And where the power comes from. I can't do it twice a year because twice a year I'm going to do so much damage between those Hmm. two times. I may not be able to recover. I I won't be here. I won't be here. (laughs) Because we all have our different uh, recharge uh, frequencies. Uh, we, 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 we've had enough time on this earth now to find out what those frequencies are. Would you say right now that that qualifies us as good head of households? <laughs> I'm not going to answer that question. Oh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and I, that's what, boy, that would kill me. <laughs> because as we say on this line, brother, and thank you for asking, but as we say, you know, it's, no judgment, no condemnation. I don't mean to condemn anybody. I mean you. We, we shared on this thing. Oh, cute. Now you may have received it as condemnation, but it was not condemnation, brother. It's in love. It's in, I'm just telling you how I feel. Come and, on. <laughs> I know I'm not the only one. <laughs> I mean, if you received it as condemnation, then I accept my apologies right now. Because I don't mean to. My intent is not to condemn anyone. I, I don't have a heaven or hell to put anybody in. I understand, right? I, I, I got you. We cool. Yes, yeah. yeah, but, you know, so so don't, you know, just, just because it may have come off harsh or, or cutting or biting and, and condemning, that's not mine. You know, I love y'all. y'all. And, and that's why I say I'm not going to answer that question. Because I, I understand that, right? I'm just saying it because maybe the way you coming off <laughs> me, that may be why your father is coming, you know, you're coming off to your father. Now, remember now, your father, he, you said he go to church with you, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you might need to use that to your advantage. That's good words. Just saying. Mm-hmm. I tried to get my dad to exercise, and he he lives in Mississippi, and I'm in Maryland. It wasn't until I went down there physically to be able to get him to start exercising. Mm. So instead of sitting back and listening to your mama cry, might need to join that dad team and say, you know what, we're going to tackle this as a team. And listen, Rodney, I dare you to go head-to-head with your father on Bible verses, on religion, on anything. Mm. Yeah. Go head-to-head with him. Mm. You think? Inspire, inspiration. Can you go head-to-head with him, verse for verse? Probably, Probably not. not. Probably not. You tell your dad to look at your life and say, man, don't this inspire you? You want some of this, too? Don't you want to wear these bow ties, too, man? I'm going to tell you all the craziest story. I'm going to tell you all the craziest story. And this is why I believe Rodney's father rubbed up on Rodney. When I got married, I I, I believe that I got saved when I was a child. I can remember it was on uh, 96th Street, New York. Somebody stopped me. I might have been 13 years old, you know, and 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 I confessed right there. But it didn't mean anything to me because I kept living like a heathen after that. 
but I do remember doing it. So I, I, I got married, and I wasn't officially saved as an adult, or should I say born again. I don't know if you all know the story. My uncle had passed away, and me and my uncle was okay, but we weren't really that tight. But anyway, nonetheless, he passed away in North Carolina. So um, my uncle was a player, and I always looked up to him because he had four wives, always fine. He grew weed in his backyard. <laughs> Dude, you wanted it. You know what I'm saying? And he played golf, and he was just cool. Always had the nicest car, van, whatever you want, nicest house, everything. He was just that guy that you wanted to grow up and be like. Anyway, but, you know, I got older. We lost touch. But he was still my uncle. He passed away, and I could have easily said, nah, I'm not going to go, whatever. But something said, okay, you got to go to this funeral. And I didn't understand why I had to go to this funeral because I skipped so many other funerals when my family had died. But this one, for some reason, God told me, you got to go to this funeral. So me and my wife was dating. We weren't even married at the point. But I was like, look, you know what I mean? we got to go to North Carolina. It's about a six-hour drive. we got to be there at 11, so we got to leave at 5 in the morning so we'll have enough time. She was like, all right, let's roll. Anyway, make a long story short, I go to the wedding, I mean, I'm sorry, to the funeral, and I hear about his life. I don't hear about how many times he got married and divorced and how many women he had and all those other things that I admired him about. I heard about how he finished in the church and how he worked in the church and how he became whatever high official in the church and how he spent his time going around getting people to church and just helping out and being this guy. And I said, something said right there, that's how I want to go out, just like he did. You know what I'm saying? In a blaze of glory for God, just like he did. And it changed my life. I came back to Maryland, found the church home, and the rest is history. So the way he lived his life inspired me to live my life. Just like I believe that the way Rodney's father lived his life inspired Rodney in a different kind of way to live his life. That's but good again, words. I, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I had to, I, was, I was on mute. Put the baby down now. But that, that's great words. Um, and, and, and you look at Tony. You just said something else profound, mm-hmm. and I don't even think you know it because. If you look at what transpired after you went to the funeral, after you came back to Maryland and got your church home, and all the stuff that has transpired, you may have never met me. You're right. You may have never went to the Calvary. You you are 100% correct. And we may not be on this phone tonight. That's it. Wow. I didn't think of that. So God has a plan. God has has a plan. plan. He's got a plan. When we think we got it under control and we, no, we don't. All all of this, what we're talking about now and what we're going to talk about next week and next year and all that is already mapped out. I believe it. Mm Mm-hmm. And and, and I'm going to give you a a final tidbit. I'm put my baby down. I got my shirt off. And... It's getting hot now. It's getting hot now. And I'm going to give you a little tidbit with this topic. Now, when we originally talked about this topic and we put it up on the board, put it up on the website, I had 
on the website, on the on the the the, the internet talk show archive, I had keep the church out of my marriage. Mm-hmm. Now the host said after and, and this was at the end of the show last week. I'd already put it up and everything was done. And then at the end of the show, he was like, "Next week's topic is going to be keeping the church out of my marriage." There's a difference. Big difference. And I was like, huh? So, in reality, what we're talking about is that everything we've talked about is, it's an ongoing thing. Where you can get overcommitted and and the church can, you know, uh, we're not maligning the church. Don't get me wrong, but it it can it can cause some friction in your marriage and your family if you if you get too you know too involved in the church and, and things can happen. So it's an ongoing thing. Keeping versus keep, because keep is like all right, we did did that, done that, we're good. You know now we we don't have to focus on that anymore. We can just move forward and you know these other things we can concentrate on. But the host said no, it's keeping, not keep. Two different things. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And again, I don't know where it came from. I ain't going to sit here and lie and tell you I had an ulterior motive. I was trying to be on somebody's street. I don't know where it came from. Actually, did we ever talk about it before you said no? I said, well, that is what it is. Let's just build on it. We know where it came from, Mr. Host. Of course we know where it mm-hmm. came from, but it wouldn't come from me. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Wow. Mm. It ain't deep, man. Mm. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> go ahead. No, that was just me clearing my throat. That yeah, that's, that's, that's five questions I'll ask tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I think one important uh, key to a lot of stuff that we were talking about tonight in terms of the, the, the for lack of better terms, I, I'll say a building. Yeah. Only the church is the person, right? We're the temple of the Holy Ghost, blah, blah, blah. Um, but uh, but the, the, uh, the building itself has different people coming in there, right? And that's why I asked the question earlier. I said, well, what is it that you need? What is it that you need from going Oh, yeah. And uh, the point the point of that was that you you are seeking you know you go there to get the word for strength and not taste only. But there are mm. individuals who go there strictly for taste, right? Taste and see that the Lord is good. That's you know for the new beginners, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's other people who go to eat because they're they're eating to get some strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 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 so I think when those go to church go to religion, to practice religion, and maybe to show off as well and what they're going to give in tithes or uh, gossip to see who's going to be there, how preacher's going to mess up and stutter, how the choir going to sing off-key or whatever the case is, uh, or to be an elder or be a preacher, to again, just to be seen. Uh, you know, because it's possible to be in the presence of God and not experience his presence. Exactly. That's right. Right. And so, so the, the person next to you, you're there to eat for strength. You're there to get the food, like Elijah getting the food from the raven, uh, and the and the word saying to uh, eat, 
eat and drink because uh, you're going to need strength for this journey I'm sending you on. Uh, some of you, like you guys on the phone are talking, that's what you go there for because you know there's a journey. You know there's uh, uh, some provision that God has for you there. You're going there with an expectation, but the person next to you don't have the same expectation. They're just going because that's what mom always told me to do. And, uh, and and you're getting delivered from some things uh, and, yep. and uh, feeling God's presence, but they leave out of there worse than the way they came in there. Yep. Yep. And you're leaving your burdens at the altar. So, you know, there's, in the, so I guess there's, there's, I guess my point in that is when you say, you know, keeping the church out of your relationship, um, I guess it all depends on who you are because you want the church in there as much as possible. You do. Uh, but then, depending on who you are, you don't want it in there uh, because you can't handle it. It can be a hindrance, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. On I mean, my you... job, on my job, we went to a leadership conference, an offsite leadership conference, about two weeks ago, and it was about uh, seventeen of us um, from you know around the uh, well East Coast anyway. And um, while we were there. Uh, you know, everyone's like, and I know these individuals. I work with them. I, I go to their locations and stuff, and and some of them just, you know, have eh, no real strong concept of management and and or leadership, which can be two different things. So, uh, as a matter of fact, there's some goals that are in place for 2013 that other managers are going to help fix their problems. But they were invited to this conference. So, any, at any regard, um, after the conference, they have all of this zeal. You couldn't do them, get them to get on the phone or anything before. They were always too busy. They always had to do this. They always had that. They couldn't take one more thing. They couldn't take one more piece of paper, one more email, or they were just going to burst, those type of individuals. And now after the conference and, you know, corporate kind of saying where we're going, what the initiative is, you can kind of you, you set your own pace. You can uh, more or less have self-promotion as long as you're doing what you blah, 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 blah. So now they're all zealous. Now they're all charged up, and they have this momentum. So I had to tell them today we were having a phone call because they were charged with completing a particular task by the end of October uh, to change the culture within the company. And I said, you know, I'm going to caution, caution you that uh, I think you guys are just – sometimes your strength can also be your weakness. And the strength that you guys have right now is the zeal and um, the uh, assertiveness to, to to start something and to get something done, put something on paper and, and you know, throw it out there and get employees bought in, blah, 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 but there's no structure in place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So sometimes your zeal and your momentum uh, it can also be your your uh, weakness because you're so zealous to get things out that you do it incorrectly or haphazardly. Um, some people within the church have the same thing. You know, you get in there, you're very zealous, you're very – uh, assertive, you want to you want to just make an impact, and and in doing so, you get you get in. I know because I was there. You you get in the singles ministry, you get into the male choir, you get into the gospel choir, you get into the tape ministry, you get into you know this ministry, and you're so zealous, and all you end up doing is burning yourself out, and in the very short term, um, you end up pulling back from everything, mm. and you never make the impact that you thought you were going to. Wow. And, and the word says you can't, you know, the race is not one to the swift nor to the strong, but he that endures to the end. Mm-hmm. And that's a very important word. And I think, you know, for some people who are uh, in the church, and, and, and it doesn't necessarily have to be new beginners, but people are getting in there and they get this word that they, you know, they're very zealous and they're you know, trying to push everything. 
and uh, we don't get a lot done. As a matter of fact, we make things a lot worse. I'm that guy. I'm that guy that goes regardless. And again, uh-huh. there there may be times where I can't make it. Like summertime, I had to learn that some summertime yeah. you plan other things you're not gonna be. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm that guy that you know. I look at myself if like an iPhone, and the reason why I say this is because an iPhone has a battery that you normally can't take out. You can use yeah. it, you know what I'm saying, right. but at some point you got to plug it in. Yeah. Because if you don't plug it in, you're going to it's not have die. enough energy. It's going to die. Yes. Wow. I'm that guy that if Good. I don't have enough energy, I'm going to die. And I'm uh-huh. and it may be spiritually, it's not it's not die die, but you know what I'm saying. I but but I know that. That's why sometimes uh-huh. if my wife doesn't feel like going, I still go. Because it's not a, really about her and her relationship. That's her and her relationship. In her relationship, she may be able to run, you know, four weeks without going. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I got to go get fed. And I'm that same guy. I sit there and I'm getting fed and I see new people. It brings joy to my heart when I see new people showing up because I'm like, I was that guy one time. I got to go get fed. I need the, the I need the praise and worship in my life. I need that word. And a lot of times I've gone there with 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 questions and left with the answers. More times mm-hmm. than not. You know what I mean? I've gone with yes. issues and unanswered questions and left with a clear answer of what I need to do to handle that situation. So for me, i got to go because I know it's how I'm going to eat. It's how I'm going to figure out what, what's going to happen Monday. Mm. What's going to happen exactly. Tuesday. Right, and your zeal is, is your strength, and it's not necessarily your weakness because you have an understanding of the relationship. Exactly. You, you, I don't care if I'm the need. only person sitting in that row. I've been sitting, I've been in church sometimes, be the only one sitting in the row. Don't care. Yeah. I ain't there for mm-hmm. none of them. I've seen you sitting in the row see, alone. <laughs> I don't care if they see me in church or not. If I shake a hand, if I don't, it's not about that. I'm there yeah. to get what I need. Right. That's me. And the people who get burned out are are the people who are going in there to fulfill a religious ritual. Exactly. exactly. And you get burned out because you're jumping into all this stuff. You have no concept of the relationship. You have no concept because, you know, he says, my children know my voice. And a stranger they won't follow. So they, they, you know, you hear his voice. Yeah, you can get a little sidetracked or whatever. I think all of us can. But uh, you you know where you belong. Yeah. You know, if, if it's in ministry of, of, of any capacity, preaching ministry, what have you, you know you belong there. It's not an uncertainty. You're not doing it to show off. You're not doing it to get chicks. You're not getting it. You know what I mean? Uh, you, you understand why you're getting it. You're not doing it to get money because that's probably the wrong uh, profession, if any, if you want to call it a profession, the wrong profession to get in if you actually want money anyway. But, uh, but you know, you understand that. But then you have someone else who goes, like I said, and they get completely burnt out because they're going from all around the world and they're not eating. They're just tasting yeah, mm-hmm. I could never get burnt out from that. Right. Now think about how hungry you are if you're just going around just tasting. Mm-mm. I need to eat. <laughs> I need yeah. to eat. Right. Yeah, I need to get. I went food. to a wedding. Right. I went to a wedding Saturday, and you know they didn't have dinner. They weren't having dinner, which I knew going there. But uh, <laughs> I typically eat before I go to any wedding anyway, only because I'm a vegetarian, and usually don't have nothing for me. But um, they, uh, they had hors d'oeuvres, right? They were just going to sell uh, uh, serve hors d'oeuvres. So you know, uh, 
if I was going there and I was hungry and I knew that all they was having were nerves, then, you know, that's shame on me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be hungry. I know that because eating this, this little uh, 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 whatever, some pieces of fruit or something like that was not going to do my belly what it needed. Mm. So I need to go somewhere where I can get some food, some substance. That's right. That's right. And that's what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I I need to go there because that's where the food is for me. That's where the food is. I can't go to these hors d'oeuvres and just be a part of this ministry just because, or get a title just because, or you know, because that's just tasting, and I need to eat. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and Rodney, I got to make a confession. Mm-hmm. And Patrice and the other Rodney is probably going to agree with me. Being on this call, and I'm not by any means pumping up this call. I never want to do that. But being on this call, for the amount of times that we've been on this call, has improved the message that I get from church. And I say that because sometimes I'm sitting there, and he'll start talking about something that either we already talked about or we're getting ready to talk about. And I feel like pulling out my phone and texting Rodney. You see me? <laughs> because I already know they thinking they're hearing him and Patrice. They're thinking the same thing. And when the service is over, and the service is over, and we sitting there breaking the chairs down, and we just start talking about you. Did you catch that? You see what I'm saying? We there for food. We we not there for nothing else to get fed, man. And that's it. Right. <laughs> that's good. But you gotta show up. You gotta show up. Bottom line. Yeah. You gotta show up. And it's the same thing. The man. (laughs) Man, let me tell you. It's the same thing with what we do on Tuesday nights. Yeah. Yeah. And I say it every week. We send over a hundred emails. We send over a hundred text messages. We put it on Facebook. We put it on Twitter. We have about ten people show up. Mm-hmm. Now, now y'all, y'all get it, y'all, y'all get it because y'all show up. You, you know, there's something for you to get because you show up. You wouldn't show up if you didn't, if you didn't feel there was something you could get out of it. You would. You'd be like, you know what? I can go, you know, hang out with my wife. Might get lucky tonight. No. Tuesday nights, I tell the wife, no, I'm off limits. We're gonna have to work around it. I mean, sometimes, you know, it. hey, stuff happens. But for the most part, I got to talk to my brother because I know that it's something I'm going to get out of this show. Yeah. And we have so many brothers that we touch, that we see in the grocery store, that we see at at at, at, at church, at, at our activities, at work. And we say, hey, brother, we got, we got a little chat. Just the brothers. Come on, join us for a few minutes. Never show up. Let me put a disclaimer out there, uh, Rodney, in case of somebody else listening. Now, uh, Rodney and, and most of us do have understanding why about that, but don't try to apply just because you heard Rodney say that. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Your wife might not be understanding that you do it every Tuesday, but every time then if you can join, join on in. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you're right. That's Thank it. you for cleaning that up. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you gotta show up, fellas. I mean, yeah. it, is, it is what it is. I mean, you show up, you show up, you guarantee to get a blessing. And if you don't show up, you guarantee not to get a blessing. Yeah, you know, men, men have pride, and under that pride, they have they they have a little sensitivity. They they get a little scared. So when you call them out on something, 
Yeah. And I, but nobody gets called out. That's that. But no. Nobody gets no. called out. Well, no. well you, I mean, well, when I mean called out, I'm calling out. When you get on their street. Yeah, you, you get on their street. Yeah, yeah. You ring their doorbell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're going to ring your now doorbell. They, yeah, now you got to man up because now they face, you got to face reality. A lot of men don't like facing reality. They 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 want to face uh, a a dream, a, a, a fantasy. an illusion, a fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. everything was all right. That they they grown men and that they can handle their own problems. I, when I they know they're over there struggling. I, I give y'all a quick story. Told a guy came across my path. I was like, hey man, you know, got this little chat. Gave him the card. Man, he looked at me like I had three heads. I was like, man, do you know how to listen? I said, you ever been on a conference call? You know, and he was just like, I, I don't get it. <laughs> I'm like, all right, man, just, just forget about it. Get my car. <laughs> I know, right, get my car. I mean, I was like, come on. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I've had some crazy, crazy reasons why people won't be on the call. I mean, just crazy stuff. Told me. And 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 again, um, like I was telling Rodney, long time ago when I started the call, I I reached out to some of my golf buddies, uh-huh. and and one of them told me he said, yeah, you know, I I would get on the call, but it might get personal, and I don't want to hear my personal business on the golf course. And I was like, okay, man, if that's how you feel, that's not going to happen. But if that's how you feel, whatever the case may be, you know, four years ago I saw the dude. Two weeks ago at the golf course, you know, and and you know I hadn't seen him in a while, and I said, "Hey, what's going on?" He said, "Yeah, man, my wife left me, dog left me in a soul house." <clears throat> you know, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I tried to give you an outlet that may have helped. I'm not saying it would have saved your marriage, but it may have helped the way you look at your marriage. Right. It may have let you know that this whole divorce thing may not be an option. Right. You know what I mean? If you if it's an option, you're going to get divorced. We know that. But if you think, okay, divorce is not an option, and and just like Rodney said, you could have got, we could have given him more ammunition to stay in the game and fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when you just 86 it from the break, right? What do you have? Who are you talking to? You know what I mean? If I'm not talking to y'all, who am I talking to? That's my that's my question. If I'm not talking to y'all on Tuesday. Who am I talking to? And, and look, T-Hawk, look at how we reload every Tuesday night. We go to church. Some of us Wednesday, some of us. I don't go Wednesday now, but I go Sunday. But look at all the opportunities where we have to reload for the demons that we have to fight during the week. Oh, my goodness. You know, we re, we get you know we get bullets on Tuesday night. We get bullets on Wednesday night. We get bullets on Sunday morning. You know, we we'll never run out of bullets if we keep that up. <laughs> You're right. You know, it's yeah. like who's next? You know, it's the what's the, what's the game they play with the zombies? I don't play video games, but it'd be zombies. You know, just walking around. And, you know, you're just killing all the zombies, killing all the demons. Oh, wait a minute, Rodney. Yeah. You don't go to strip clubs and you don't play video games. I do not play. I don't have time, man. Oh. <sighs> <laughs> I don't have time. I'm done. <laughs> I don't have time. You know. I, I know you're I, in ballet classes. Yeah, I'm in ballet. I, I told I, I had pepperoni and cheese sticks for for dinner tonight. 
because I was running late. My wife prepared dinner, but I just didn't have time to eat it. But mm-hmm. Tuesday night is a rough night, rough day for me. I got piano in the morning, then piano, I mean, ballet in the evening, so I'm rushing. Then I got to put the kids to bed, I got to put the baby to bed, then I got to jump on here and talk to you guys for three hours. But. Yeah, it's been three hours. Yeah. I mean, but it is what it is. I enjoy it, you know. And and, and I don't need that. I, I didn't need that great meal that she prepared because I get my food right here. Better man than me. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. Well, one good, one good point I think out of uh, out of the night for me is, uh, you know, we 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 have the church right now. That's right. So in terms of you know keeping church in or keeping church out, it's all it's all about where you are in terms of the relationship and what you're seeking and what you plan what you're expecting to get out of it. And That's right. You know, we're we're talking the word. This is church. I didn't show up for church. I didn't got fed. Yeah, and, and, mm-hmm. and you know what, Rodney? Even piggybacking on that, our pastor said that what we do is a ministry. Mm-hmm. Now we're not credential. We don't have a booth at the ministry fair. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he talked about it, when he, when we had the the, the book signed earlier this year, he said this ministry is, is, is raw. But he keep, he labeled it as a ministry. Because that is what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Even my part. Even, Even your part, part Ike. <laughs> Even your Even part. Even your part. <laughs> especially your part, Ike. And let me I'm, a minute, I'm in a ministry. Hey, hey, Ike, especially your part, and let me tell you why. Because <laughs> you, 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 you bring it all raw. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You bring it raw. When you bring it, you just bring it raw. Like, this is exactly what happened. This is how it is. How y'all take it. This is what happened. I'm just going to tell y'all what happened. Yeah. 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 You know what I'm saying? Ain't no cut. Ain't no, ain't no B12. Ain't no baking soda in it. None of that. It's just straight. Y'all get the B12 part in the morning. But anyway, that's just straight. <laughs> yeah. I'm wrong. It's already morning. But guess what? He can't be. I guarantee you can't get raw like this in, in a in a men's Bible study or church on Sunday or Sunday school class. Can't 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 cut it raw like that in those settings. But here, T Hawk and 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 P Town and myself and God have created the form for you to just say, hey, you know, this is how it is, brothers. Take it or leave it. This is how it is. Yeah. And it's Bottom raw. Line. And, I mean, but again, we don't. You know, I'm, I'm not. I I bring it with me. I can't. You know, again, I don't know who else to talk to. I don't know where else to get it from. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If I'm dealing with an issue outside of Tuesday, who do I call? Patrice or Rodney? Just, I'm just conditioned. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, both. Exactly. I, I don't know who to talk to. Mm-hmm. Some certain things can't wait till Tuesday to come back around. And I can't talk about it in church unless I grab one of them and say, hey, guess what? I need, I got an issue. I just need your advice. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I'm going to come to them and tell them, this is my side. It, it, it's just something with my wife. This is my side. That's her side. This will happen and tell me. You see what I'm saying? And I know they're going to tell me the truth. They're not going to butter me up. They ain't going to be like, okay, well, this is the answer that I think you want to hear. No, they might say, no, you wrong, dude. What'd you do that for? You need to go fix that. 
You know what right. I'm saying? I'm not afraid of that because I want to be better. I don't want you to lie to me and make me go back and be worse and be in a worse situation than I was in before I came to talk to you. <laughs> but see, that's what friends will do for you. Friends will do that. Friends will tell you the truth. They won't butter you up. You know what I'm saying? And that's what we do here. We ain't going to get on the phone and be like, yeah, man, you know, I got two, three women. We're going to be like, man, are you crazy? Mm-hmm. You're on a path to disaster. And I think that's what Patrice was talking about. We're going to call you out. Yeah. We're not going to agree with that kind of behavior because it's, it's destructive. Got to. We got we to gotta come on your street. I mean, you already put the disclaimer on this call. You said, listen, I'm going to come on your street. <laughs> I don't know who it is. Along the way. I don't know whose street it's going to be. We never know whose street you're going to be on. Right. You know it's going to be on Rodney Street. We didn't know. Rodney didn't even know. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's just how it happened. So when you sit here and talk about, okay, you know, we, you know, certain people don't show up, you know, you, you, you're just missing. You're just missing out. I can't do without Tuesdays. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Me neither, me neither, me neither. Tuesday and Sunday, huh? I'm going to say, I'm going to say this. My marriage can't do without Tuesdays. Mm. That's right. Mm. I'm going to say that. Wow. I'm going to say that. And and the reason why I say that is because, and Ike may agree, I've already been divorced and so has he. So when you go, when you, when you go, when you've gone through that, you never want to go down that road again. So you have to take certain measures to prevent that from happening. Okay? So I need accountability for me because what's to stop me from going to get a little shorty on the side when I'm having marriage problems? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's easy. easy. It, can happen, it can happen tomorrow. <laughs> happen tonight. Right. It can happen on Facebook. I could hook up with somebody on Facebook. In my inbox. Where you at? Mm-hmm. I'm on my way. My wife might might still think I'm on the call, but I'm out the house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Go handle my business, be back by three, you know, before she wakes up. I mean but but if I don't have accountability, I may get weak. And that could be any one of them. You know, but I know that you guys won't let you guys I can never come back to you and tell y'all that story. <laughs> nope. I can never come back and be like, guess what happened after the call Tuesday? <laughs> <laughs> I would get no support, zero support. I might get hung up on. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we'll be at your house. We'll be at your house. We'll be at your house. That's what I'm talking about. That's the thing. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to live on my own. I don't have to go out on a limb on my own. And I think that's the whole dynamic of this, this topic tonight. You know, yes, just like Rodney said, you need the church in your marriage more than you know. But mm-hmm. it's gotta be but you have to be able to be mature enough to handle it when they're in your marriage. You gotta be mature enough to handle anybody being inside your marriage outside of God. Right. Mm-hmm. Good. Right. Good words. Whether it be a mother, father, sister, brother, aunt, uncle, you gotta be able to handle it because that those situations can also be blown out of proportion if you don't take the bull by the horns. Mm-hmm. Good words, good words, Mr. Host. But anyway, I don't have a conclusion. <laughs> I just don't. You know, I think that um, 
it was very self-explanatory. I think that we got the points across that we wanted to. I asked all the five questions tonight, and you all did the rest, which is a great thing. Yeah. Um, I'm going to turn this off, and maybe we get some open mic. I know it's late, but give me two minutes.